two, three, four. In this podcast, you will only hear Knights of Vader, Knights of Vader, includes but is not led to who talk of Star Wars, not Reagans. We can't truly prepare for the jump that follows this song, but hey, we give it a try. So here's the Knights of Reports they are divided. For equal sequel, hate and love they fight. I know that we are just musicians hired, and their time is up. So here's the Knights of Vader. Impressive. Most impressive. A big thank you to Inspiriority Complex for providing our theme song. It is November 4th, 2019. My name is Zach Weber, and joining me is professional podcast host. Justin Zanger. I'm just here so I don't get fined. See, folks, he knows he knows the spot in this podcast. And we have insert Amelia Clark joke here, Rob. I honestly don't know why I'm here. Like two weeks in a row, right? How did you rope me into this, Zach? I don't know, Rob, but chances are you'll be back again for the holiday special episodes. Everyone yeah, just hope- bides your time uh, until then. Hopefully that'll be the next time. I don't, I don't think I'll be reading any more books between now and then. <laughs> no, but we have to do keep you on because you're the only member of the podcast that can read. True. <laughs> <laughs> that. Um, not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but folks, uh, based on this week's episode, before we get into anything, I just want to give everybody a heads up that there will be Terminator Dark Fate spoilers. So if you uh, want to see that film and not be spoiled, do not listen to this episode. Uh, turn it off. Go see the movie or don't. Uh, based on the numbers, hardly any of you have seen it. So maybe you're going this weekend or whenever you're eventually listening to this episode. And just, I have no idea how far we'll get into it, but there also might be some Dr. Sleep spoilers. Again, not sure how far we'll go into that, though, but just a heads up so nobody can get mad at us. But we'll let you know a definitive warning until we get to that. But before then, two announcements or... One announcement, more just kind of sharing what some of our fans have been doing. First, Knights of Vader t-shirts. If you're interested in a Knights of Vader t-shirt, we have all sorts of designs. We have the Remember Alderaan, Vader and Friends, Past Meets Present, some of our logos from over the years. If you're interested in that, check the show notes. And you too will be able to own a Knights of Vader t-shirt. Perfect for a Rise of Skywalker opening night showing as of now the t-shirts are twenty dollars each that includes shipping but that we're running a quote-unquote promotion that will be only offering them for twenty dollars each until the rise of skywalker comes out and then beginning in the new year 2020 we'll be raising the price to 22 dollars including shipping so if you want to get a cool looking t-shirt that you're guaranteed to be the only person in your most likely state that will have one buy a knights of vader t-shirt today do not hesitate. But with all that being said, we have a second thing to tell you. Uh, as we all know at this point, Russ and I have made a big deal out of the Hasbro screensaver, which you push a button, you say something into it. And we actually got two people who listen to the podcast to actually go to their local retailer and talk into it and then send it to us, which I thought was really neat. The first one of those that I will share with you is from Jerry S., in the Knights of Vader Facebook group. Good old Jerry is one of our, uh, God, he's been around forever when it comes to Knights of Vader. God bless him. And I'm going to, uh, actually, I've not heard this because for some reason, Facebook, even though Jerry like shared this in the Facebook group, like 
almost a week ago now, just now is finally giving me a notification for it. So I'm going yeah, to watch Jerry, this in real time. Zenger and Rob got your back. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah, we saw it. Facebook doesn't have my back. We loved it. Facebook was too busy changing the the what font of its logo to give me a proper notification. Wait, they changed it? Yeah, they changed it. It's Facebook. I think the, in, the entire development team was at a congressional hearing that day. <laughs> we were supposed to get that notification, Zach. <laughs> so, you know, a few things fell through the cracks. A few things fell through the cracks. I missed my grandma's birthday. You missed this. It did happen. <laughs> <laughs> Good old suck. After the beep, say something loud. Remember Alderaan. Down with the Empire. Thank you, Jerry, for doing that. It's nice to actually have seen it. That's great. Love it so much. And our next person who submitted one was through the Knights of Vader Gmail account, kovpodcast at gmail.com. And this one is coming from Greg P. All right, Zach, this is for you. After the beat, say something loud. Remember Alderaan, down with the Empire. Remember Alderaan, down with the Empire. <laughs> that was a great yeah. one. I love that he he like he like went to put it back and it sped his voice up at the end. <laughs> oh, great. These things are great, folks. Like in all honesty, if you do have one of these, like if you don't want to take a video and like embarrass yourself like in your target by screaming in like all these Wookiees are dead, head to the east. Um do it for your own giggles because these things for like oh god, I think they're practically giving them away now because Target last week had a sale where like all toys were like 10% off. And then they had like a coupon for twenty or I think for 25% off of that. And then I think if you bought certain boxes of General Mills cereal, you got another ten dollars off. So I think by the point you like add all those discounts, you can walk out of the store with one of these things for like eight or nine dollars. I'm tempted to buy one now and just have it play the uh, Silver Shamrock theme song on repeat, Zach. You sold me. Get ready for next Halloween, folks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, folks. Just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water. I just um, like the fact there's the bleep in there. Oh, yeah. I just think I just think that someone edited out like them cussing already. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's gonna happen? There's gonna be some guy, like a bunch of like drunk teenagers, like on a Thursday night, you're going to Walmart and be like, "Hey guys, check out the toy from the Star Wars podcast I listened to." And now be a thing that we that's how Knights of Vader becomes Star Wars podcast famous. It's like it wasn't me, Your Honor. The Star Wars podcast told me to yell obscenities into the lightsaber. <laughs> Oh, I was God. just following orders. <laughs> uh, but yes, thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Greg. Uh, this this sort of thing delights me. Why? When this podcast was started, roughly uh, almost three years ago, never would I think that I would be able to uh, convince people as poorly as I can to go into their local store and yell things at a toy. You're delighting me, folks. Christmas came early. Don't but let no- don't let him get too much power. No, 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 no. See, folks, then you start doing things like that. You start yelling at toys in your local Walmart. Then you start, like, granting me executive powers. And then I create a clone army. And then I Yay. become all monster mash on you. And I start, like, having sparkle fingers. And it's all downhill from there, folks. Then, so then, I, then uh, my- I get put on a respirator. <laughs> <laughs> Zenger picks me up at one point and throws me down an energy shaft. I'm waiting for me to appear again like 30 years later through some contrivance and plots. But hey, it'll be fine. You'll enjoy it all. Buy your tickets now. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So I had a, another uh, question for you, Zach. I don't know if you saw this. 
based on our discussion with Facebook earlier. But earlier today, Chris P. in the Knights of Vader Facebook group posted a question relating Star Wars and Terminator. Did you see that? Yes. And it, oh, boy, folks. This is a slam dunk of a Rob question. Yes. Are, are, do we want to uh, attack that on this episode as well? Yeah, go for it, Rob. If there ever was a Rob topic on the Star Wars <laughs> podcast, it's this. All right. So earlier today, as we're recording this, uh, Chris P. reached out in the Facebook group posting to everybody, I've got a thinly veiled entry-level philosophical question for you guys. I don't think it's too weird for this group. Good for him. We love weird questions. Imagine you're living on Coruscant in 17 BBY. You're just an office jockey, but you're friends with Obi-Wan. I didn't know the Jedi's had office jockeys. You're mildly skeptical about the Force, but you know that he believes it. He might even think it's the most important thing in the universe, to the point that he's never going to have a public significant other out of respect for the Jedi's rules against attachment. Public is in parentheses. I don't, I don't know why. Uh, one day you come over to Obi-Wan's house and see that one-third of his home is the most excellent Terminator 2 prop and memorabilia collection you've ever seen. His Jedi paraphernalia pales in comparison to his opulent T2 museum. Do you ask him if he's okay? That's the question. Uh, I think I want to start by saying, Chris, I don't understand the question. Why is my only choice to ask him if he's okay? That was my initial reaction to this. Zach, I would love for you to say what your initial reaction to this was. <laughs> my initial reaction was the uh, reaction gif of the, the black guy with his head tilted to the side, smiling with all the question marks around his head, because that was my exact response when I read this. I'm like, I like Chris, but I am perplexed beyond belief. And I do want to mention the little graphic he created with this with episode two, Obi-Wan at the bar or at the diner, a bunch of hearts, a Terminator endoskeleton head and a bunch of like Terminator two Kenner action figures in the background. Um, a lot of effort went into this, Chris, and I appreciate it, but unfortunately I don't think uh, I am uh, enjoying it as entirely as you imagined I would. So I, I I've trying to been I've been thinking about this question. I don't get the whole ask him if he's okay. Like I guess what is meant by okay? But I was trying to relate this to I mean, imagine there's some I don't know, master swords person. Like he's one of the greatest like ninja sword masters that ever existed and now he's older or maybe getting older. What if he's really into like anime figures? I feel like this is the same setting. Like maybe Obi-Wan really likes the Terminator movies. It should be fine for him to have a bunch of action figures, right? I wouldn't ask him if he's okay. I'd ask him more about, you know, why he loves Terminator so much to have, and as it says in the post, a third of his home dedicated to it. I'm more interested in that than if he's okay. I think he's fine, right? I thought Jedi weren't allowed to have, like, possessions. That, well, I guess you're asking Zenger that, because you know I don't know the answer. <laughs> um... That's honestly an interesting question, because I mean, technically, they say that, but you never really see Jedi, like, in their personal lives. They do if that any a little bit in the, TV, in the TV show, the Clone Wars, they do that. Like, they show, like, Anakin's living quarters. But they're probably just... I, <sighs> Does Yoda have any possessions in his Dagobah hut? Just, I mean, just... The odds and ends stuff that he needs to live out his day. Kind of just the, the means to survive well, type of thing. Yeah. Well, apparently, the again, this is one of those things they retroactively did, was that the little, like, blanket that Luke kind of, like, puts over him when he's about to die, 
um, or pass into the force was apparently Qui Gon's cloak. That was one of those oh, things they retroactively. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's the correct response to that, Zagger. That is the correct answer. Yeah, you beat me to it. <laughs> so there you go, folks. That's uh, that's the well, best answer. I guess Zenger, answer. We didn't hear from Zenger. What's your thoughts? Do you ask Obi Wan if he's okay with all this T two? Memorabilia? I, I look at him with a cocked head and go, what? <laughs> so Zenger, remember, you're just an office different. jockey. <laughs> I'm very confused as well. <laughs> All right. That's that's the correct answer to, to any of these sort of queries in the Knights of Vader Facebook group. See, folks, we have fun. Can you imagine what this group's going to be like come, like, the weekend of, like, the Rise of Skywalker? The group's going to be, like, a madhouse of someone, like, posting a new post, like, every, like, half an hour being like, so what's everybody's thoughts on this? Like the last time the fa- the Facebook group wasn't even around for solo. So there really hasn't been like a test of the Facebook group when it comes to like a seismic event in the Star Wars community. Can can I can I point out something now real quick? Okay. I can't wait for them all to be like Jesus Christ Zinger was right about the spider legs and just just going to be me just dancing. That's going to be your equivalent of Ray and Kylo Ren fighting back to back. Yeah. Yes. It, it it will be I I mean I, I give you more credit for you calling that because that 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 was a little bit more of a slam dunk out of nowhere. So I will give you the um, credit for that, but mine's more of I have a little bit more evidence than you did to go on. Fair enough, but still, I didn't I didn't even think about that. That's a pretty good poll considering that we did see that already in uh, the Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what, folks? Only time will tell. Yes, Only time will tell. All right, but to the titular topic. We kind of discussed what the title of this episode was going to be before we started recording, and I still don't know what it is as of now, but hopefully it's something like glorious, much like the uh, the Ben Affleck's birthday episode title. Uh, one, of our, one of our more popular episodes, go figure. Um, I guess we get all those DC fanboys being like, oh man, maybe this is the, this is the Zack Snyder cut. Maybe finally <laughs> they found it. Um, Not no. yet. The time. Yeah, exactly. Not yet. It's always out there. It's just within, like, it's like perfection. It's always within arm's reach, you think. But then, like, you go to reach for it, and it's like, ah, ah, so close, but so far away. But anyway, though, folks, The Last Jedi Epiphany, which is why I think I'm going to call this episode. Don't ask me how, but I was able to see Terminator Dark Fate, like, a week and a half before it came out. And I, if you listen to the Cinemodies podcast, you know we've been kind of building to, or the whole point to the Terminator series of September on Cinemodies was kind of like leading up to Terminator Dark Fate, trying to give it some sort of assist at the box office, which clearly, Rob, unfortunately, you and I don't have that sort of pull based on the box office numbers that it had this past <laughs> weekend. And we kind of decided, well, I decided more, and Rob was kind enough to kind of like go with the flow with it, was that we would save the Terminator Dark Fate discussion for Knights of Vader and instead, we decided to talk about Dr. Sleep based on our uh, shared reverence for The Shining, Stanley Kubrick's mm-hmm. film, and our, I think, rather, what, agree, or, oh, God, deserved disdain of Dr. Sleep? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's definitely deserved. And so my big thing was, as I was watching Terminator Dark Fate, I... I I guess we have to do a, qu- a quick little run through, Rob, of what our opinions are of the entire Terminator franchise for people who don't want to listen to us talk about it for 10 and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, me- what? Weaklings. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yes, yeah, so my fear or my opinion on the Terminator franchise, one and two are classics, never going to argue with anybody there. The, you, you can't deny their impact on just the culture and cinema as a whole. Um, I think Terminator 3 is the best film of the entire series. I really... Of course. <laughs> what does that mean, Zanger? Just, just, just continue. And then I really like Terminator Salvation. I think it's good for what it is. I really like the Sam Worthington Marcus Wright character. Genesis is kind of an embar- is kind of an embarrassment. Uh, it was always the weakest film of the series until I saw Dark Fate, and that kind of sums up my feelings on the franchise. And I think Rob, you agree with me for the most part, right? For the most part, uh, when we reviewed the first Terminator, it had been forever since I had seen it. I didn't remember a lot of it. I ended up loving it. Uh, it wasn't really what I remembered or expected. Um, I agree with Zach that Terminator 3 is the best, but I think where I dissent from Zach is that I couldn't stand 2 or 4. And 5 five is also very bad. <laughs> so 1 and 3 are the only ones I liked. Uh, 2, uh, as I said on Cinemodities, if you like an action movie, that's fine, but there's more of John Connor trying to teach Arnold how to be a human and how to feel and care, and it's the stupidest stuff. So, yeah, you, I could throw that movie out with the rest of them, other than hey, one and three. Hey, Rob, Terminator Dark Fate cut all of that and we just went straight to the stupid. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Zenger, because you didn't see Doc... Okay, folks, I, I, even though I feel like Zenger saw this as me kind of throwing him into the deep end, he does have a purpose here, because he has neither... <laughs> I, seen... I don't know what it is. Oh, Zenger, I always, you're always in my grand scheme of things in Knights of Air. You always have a significant importance. Uh, but no... I fear. <laughs> But no, Zenger has not seen either Dark Fate or Doctor Sleep. Nope. But Zenger, what what is your feelings on the Terminator franchise? Do you like it? Is it okay? Do you dislike it? Um, What's your favorite Terminator film? Two. Oh God. I minus the um, annoying child, which I, I I don't know. It's kind of as an adult, it wears on me more than it was when I was younger. I guess because it's just like ugh. But um. I, I, I like too for the what it brought to cinema and just the level of just what they were able to do in '91 with that movie. Um, three, I have not seen in a long time, but I have um, questionable memories about it. By that, I mean I don't think that it was good. <laughs> okay. Per se. And um, the last one I've seen was Salvation, which I thought was okay. It wasn't like amazing they capitalized on uh sam worthington's like high point in his career not that he's had like a low point but he he like peaked in like the like get this guy on the screen moment and they they they, like managed that perfectly um also of course the uh freak out by um why am i not remembering his name now (laughs) chris bale Yes, uh, the the uh, the famous Christian Bale freakout was from this movie. So, yep, that is uh, heavily referenced uh, at least at the end. I think of our Salvation and Genesis episode, right, Zach? Oh yeah, Probably. I love and that. Thing. That was Rob's favorite part of the fourth film. I love the remix also. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did you uh, ever see Genesis? Me? No, never seen it. Okay. Um, I did. I have watched um, Sarah the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Oh. oh, that shows a trip, yo. But it's been a long time, so my memory of it kind of is floating in the essence of I know that the chick from um, Fireflies in it. Good old Summer Cloud. Like 
Mm. Yep, Summer Glau. So she was good in that. Yeah, I mean that's I don't I don't remember anything like super negative about it. I just know that it's one of those things that I think it got canceled before like it got canceled the very weekend Terminator Salvation came out. That sounds about right. That's 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 <laughs> all my, that's all my favorite pieces of like Hollywood trivia is that Terminator Salvation is about to come out and that week Fox canceled it. And it's like wow. What a great oh god what a great show of confidence in your product. You know, it's two different studios releasing it. It's just the whole idea is like, wow, nothing kind of undercuts a, a $200 million movie being released, like the TV show being canceled the very same week it's about to be released. But whatever. Uh, but 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 for the final thing I want to say is um, I love Metal Gear. I'll get there, Zach. Don't worry. I also love UFOs and the paranormal. I would gladly speak about both of those things in public than ever try to talk to somebody about the timelines that this series has gone through. Because <laughs> it seems like one of those things to where I don't think you can explain it without either a college degree in like bullshit or like just you have to be the right amount of drunk, I think, as well. All right, I didn't want to have to do this, but I think I have to now. I made that, it happen. No, 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 no. I think you're going to like this. Okay. Was uh, on Red Letter Media did did a review of Terminator Dark Fate. I don't, I don't think you've watched it, right, Rob? No, I didn't even know they did one. All right, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're really going to like this. I think Zanger's going to appreciate it too. keep hitting enter, but I can't close this f***ing window. <laughs> Computers, am I right? Oh. Lightning fast VCR repair. This is Mike. How can I help you? Ah, it's Mr. Plinkin. Where the hell are you two? You're supposed to be fixing my VCR. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, t today's our day off, Mr. Plinkin. We were just there yesterday, remember? No, I don't remember anything. Why aren't you here today? I told you, it's our day off. And on our day off, we're going to go see Terminator Dark Fate. I thought that just came out, like last year, bombed. No, no, Mr. Plinkett, that was Terminator Genesis. That bombed here, so they remade it. It's called Terminator Dark Fate. Dark Fate? Yeah, Dark Fate. Dark Fate? Oh, wait, wait, so what is that? Is that Terminator... Six? Yeah, technically this would be the sixth Terminator film, but in actuality it's Terminator 3. What do you mean it's Terminator 3? I thought Terminator 3 was Terminator 3. Well, there was a Terminator 3 called Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines. <laughs> and then there was a movie called Terminator Salvation, and then there was Genesis. But now they made this one, and this is actually a sequel to Terminator 2 Judgment Day. So Terminator 6... Is the sequel to Terminator 2? <laughs> yeah. Well, then what is Terminator 3? Well, t Terminator 3 had it had John Connor in it, and uh, Sarah Connor, the character, was... Wait, dead. that's John Connor in Terminator 3? But that's a different guy. Yeah, by the time they made Terminator 3, Edward Furlong was too old and bloated, so they got a guy named Nick Stahl to replace him. Oh, so that guy in Terminator 3 is also John Connor. Yes, it's John Connor portrayed by a different actor. And so John Connor's off the grid, and, and he meets uh, uh, Claire Danes, who is a veterinarian. And they fall in love. <laughs> but, like, 
Terminator <laughs> sent back in time to kill John Connor again, even though the future didn't happen. But somehow Lady Terminator came back through time and another Arnold comes back to protect him. Wait, wait. There's 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 a there's a third Arnold? It's another Arnold, but this time he's he's also good. Oh, wait, wait, what about that Arnold in the fourth one? The Arnold in the fourth one would be a bad one, because that's Terminator Salvation. So that's another bad Arnold? Yes, well, he's only in it at the end, and it's a CGI Arnold. And who's that guy that that bad Arnold's trying to kill in the fourth one? Yeah, Mr. Plinkett, try to follow along. I'm trying to follow along. Terminator Salvation, that takes place in the far future, where John Connor is currently leading the Resistance. Wait a minute, that's John Connor? But that's a different guy! Yes, this time John Connor is portrayed by Christian Bale. Batman? Yeah, Batman. <laughs> and we meet young Kyle Reese, played by Anton Yelchin. Wait, that's Kyle Reese? But that's a different guy. Yes, and uh, uh, in Terminator Salvation, Claire Danes is, is replaced by Bryce Dallas Howard. You may remember her from such hit films as Jurassic World and Jurassic World, Jurassic World Park. <laughs> so Claire Danes isn't... Claire Danes from Terminator 3, but she's a different Claire Danes in Terminator Salvation? Right. Okay, so then that happens in the future, and then we get to the next Terminator. I'm yes. not clear what happens in the next Terminator at all. Yeah, and in Terminator Genesis, uh, they send an Arnold back to 1984. Basically, it's like the original... Oh, that's another Arnold? Yeah, it's now Now it's the original bad Arnold. Oh, so it's not another Arnold. It's the same Arnold. It's, it's, the, it's not the original Arnold. Arnold. From T1, from Terminator 1. Oh my God, my brain hurts. And he, he raises uh, Sarah Connor from being a little girl. Wait, that's Sarah Connor? Yes. But that's a different girl. Kyle Reese also comes back. That's Kyle Reese? That's Kyle Reese. <laughs> but that's a different guy. It's a different guy. Michael Bean would be way too old to play Kyle Reese. Uh, oh, uh, original, or Arnold that got sent back to the 1970s to raise up uh, young Sarah Connor. Him and Sarah Connor build a time machine in a sewer. What? They, they discover that, that John Connor himself has now traveled through time. Wait, that's John Connor? But that's a different guy. Yes, John Connor is now played by Jason Clark, who looks nothing like Christian Bale. Uh, and then, so John Connor is now a, a Terminator. He's a super, super advanced human hybrid Terminator with nanobite technology in him. Why did why why why, why did John Connor get in a time machine in the first place? I don't remember. His John Connor's solution to everything is to send more Arnolds back in time. You think with all this, he decides to go himself. What? What did you say? What was your I'm idea? Saying, I'm saying John Connor's solution to every problem in this franchise has been to send Terminators back in time. Why don't they all just go back in time? Why don't they just go back to the time of dinosaurs? Wait, is that how Claire Danes ended up in Jurassic World? Mr. Plinkett, this, this conversation's become far too confusing. In fact, I wish I could go back in time and not answer the phone. What? I gotta go take my brain medicine so I can understand the Terminator franchise. I hear you, brother. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Well, Jay, let's go see Terminator Dark Fate. Oh, boy. That seems about right. <laughs> I, have, I have no idea how much of that will be in the actual recording considering that went on for like 10 minutes. Um, 
But that's Rob, considering that you and I've had to watch Terminator movies, that's that's incredibly spot on, right? I uh I, for the audience, if this makes it in here, I muted myself because I lost it when Rich Evans said, I thought Terminator three was Terminator three. <laughs> So I, I knew I knew I would not be able to control myself, but as it went on, I realized that they did in ten minutes what we did in ten hours on Cinemodity. <laughs> Pretty much, I love it. That was fantastic. Oh my god! I wanted on record because I thought about this today in preparation for this recording. Is that there's six Terminator films, and at this point, at least half of the Terminator films call themselves Terminator Three. Yep. Oh yeah. Right. We have Terminator Three, which is Terminator Three, Terminator <laughs> Five, which is Terminator Three, and Terminator Six, which is also now Terminator Three. Oh yeah. Is this the first time in cinematic or just in the history of anything where there's three separate products that call themselves the third incarnation of something? But uh, I I don't know. Well, it seems like Superman it. Returns is the only thing I can think of where they tried to reset. Why does why do people in in Hollywood not understand? Stop trying to do this. It doesn't work. I don't Name know. One time it's worked. I don't know. I guess Spider Man. I guess they've rebooted no. Spider Man. How many no, no, times no, no. now? I'm talking, about, I'm talking about they don't do a heart. They do a soft reboot to where it's like we're only rebooting. But from this point on. Oh. Because that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to go back and say Terminator 1 and 2 happened. But now we're saying that this is actually what happened instead of that. Well, that's, tried- that's an interesting idea. Because if if we take Dark Fate to be Terminator 3, Terminator Salvation never happens. Mm-mm. Well, Terminator Salvation technically happens in the... Oh, man. My brain's already starting if to we, No, if we go T1 to T2 to T3, to T-Salvation, then it happens. But if we do T1, T2, Dark Fate, Salvation never occurs. There's, we need Wait. a flowchart. Well, <laughs> well, you do, but also, are we assuming that time is linear in this reality to where, well, it has to, doesn't it? Well, no, I'm, I'm just saying time is linear with any, There, there's paths that we can choose to make it linear, but in the grand scheme of Terminator series, no, it's, it's a tree, it's a bunch of branches. And stuff probably weaves and winds together like we can't even perceive in our three-dimensional brains. See, we need to create a machine to understand the Terminator series, which then that machine will thus try to kill us because we created such a confusing (laughs) existence for it to have to deal with. Terminator movies are going to become sentient and wipe out humanity to stop them from making more Terminator movies. (laughs) It's going to come up with, like, like just a message going to pop up to where it's like, this is the only solution. (laughs) Oh, God, folks. This this thing's a mess. It's a mess. It is. It is. Stop people from making Terminators. It's, It's the... Like, like the people who make it stop the entire human race from existing because someone will still apparently try to make a Terminator movie no matter how much everyone says stop. Please stop. Because who's asking for these? I, okay. I am That's my some, first note. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But this, okay. This is a part of the conversation is that like I want to get into uh, 45 minutes later is that I'm the person that was asking for a Terminator 6. Why? Be- because I like again, based on the ten and a half hours of Cinematis discussion, I do love this series. Even like Terminator, I, I do love certain elements of Terminator Genesis, especially like the end of that film. 
And but it was Terminator Dark Fate that finally broke my soul because as I was watching it, I started to have feelings of the man babies when it comes to like Star Wars the prequels or The Last Jedi. Because as I was watching it, I'm going, oh no. Oh no, they are ruining this. Like everything that's special about Terminator, why it resonates with people over the last god almost 40 years, they are deliberately crapping on. And I I don't want to get into there's there's basically what? Two or three specific sequences that really highlight this for me. But before we get into that though, Rob, do you want to ex- or try to give a synopsis or summary of the plot of Terminator Dark Fate? <laughs> and I want you. I want you to pause when you get to uh, the the female protagonist character and her specific name, because there's going to be a little context required for that. Yes. Yes. Am I? Uh, am I? Uh, allowed You're allowed spoilers. To oh, yeah. Spoilers. Hold on a second. As I said, I've only seen Salvation. So do I need to know what happened in Gensai to um? <laughs> Amelia Clark can't control her eyebrows or her voice. That's the plot of Genesis. I guess I guess we should point out, folks, that Rob got to exercise some of his Amelia Clark demons true. in the yes. Terminator Genesis episode. So he was a little he, I think that's the reason why he agreed to doing the entire uh, Terminator month on Cinemonies. Yes, uh, Jason Clark in Terminator Genesis looks at Amelia Clark and says she has a voice like a dying cat. And I could not agree more. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, right, no, Rob, I what's think your dark fate I, synopsis? Yeah, if I get I, if I get spoilers, I think I can do it. Okay, you yeah, ready? go for it. All do, right. Wait, but you never asked Mark. Do I need to know what happened, no, or is it no. completely no. irrelevant now? No, because this this movie ignores Salvation and Genesis, so it's and irrelevant. And three, and three, and three. Yes. Okay. You know, Linda Hamilton and Edward Furlong, they save the day at the end of T two. Everybody remembers that ending. The Yay. thumbs up as Arnold goes into the flames. Classic ending. It turns out that after they do this, they want to have a nice, I don't know, uh, Cabo Beach vacation. They go down Yay. to the beach, and for some reason, Edward Furlong is the one, young Edward Furlong, I should say, is the one picking up the Mai Tais from the bar. I guess you can do that in Cabo and after you saved humanity. Turns out, Arnold's there, blows this kid away. And I'm not kidding. This is the first, like, what, five minutes of the yes. movie, Zach? Yes. John Connor gets a shotgun to the chest. John Connor, the savior of humanity as we know it, is dead. The remainder of the movie is the same exact thing as T2, where they have to protect a woman instead of John Connor. And it's useless and boring, and I hated it. That's my summary, (laughs) Zach. If you've seen a Terminator movie, you've seen this movie, which is my gets to my first note. Who asked for this? What's the point of soft reboot sequel prequel? What is this? It's the same thing we've seen. I hate it. <laughs> what was the phrase that pays on la- on this week's episode of Cinematis, Rob? The phrase that pays? What'd you say? Is that what you what's, said? What's the phrase that pays? It was a bad week for movies. It was a bad week for movies. <laughs> That's right. Yep. Between this yep. and Doctor Sleep, Rob and I might have to cancel Cinematis, or we, we might never go to the movies ever again after that week. <laughs> All right, because Rob kind of explained the first like five minutes of the movie. And that doesn't really, uh, it's really embarrassing. Get... It's embarrassing. Yeah, it, it's, the beginning of this movie. I'd say everything about this movie is embarrassing. Cause the thing that, cause there's so oh, much yeah. in this movie and this kind of get, again, after much like dancing around the bush is there, there's a couple of scenes in this that are just like, Oh God. Okay. Tying this to star Wars and the last Jedi. 
First, I guess, just in case you're a Star Wars fan that's been living under a rock for the last two years and you're not aware, um, there are some people on the internet that don't like The Last Jedi. This might be news to some of you. I'm sorry to break it to you. I don't think the stats showed that, Zach. No, not at all. <laughs> um, if only there was a statistics study that was done with Snowball Effect that could uh, shed some light on this. Um, if only a podcast recorded an entire three-hour-long discussion about it, but we can only hope for such a thing to exist. But anyway, though, so no. The Last Jedi thing, like, I think it's fair to say that every single reason the book has been chucked at The Last Jedi as to why it is a uh, bad film, as the not Moss Star Wars contingent of the fan base just won't shut up about. And as I was watching Dark Vane, keep in mind, folks, I was watching it like before, again, at least a solid week before it got released. And I'm watching it, and, I, and Rob knows this because we talked about it before he even had seen it. There was things in this movie that I'm like, oh, good lord. Like, there are things both offensive as a Terminator fan and as just a member of society in this movie <laughs> that I was telling Rob about. And I'm like, Rob, if, if this doesn't become one of these weird sort of, like, internet rallying cries, like, kind of like a uh, pitchforks and flaming torches moment against Hollywood, I'm going to be, like, shocked because this felt like another, like, Brie Larson, like, Captain Marvel-level controversy where, like, a very specific group on the internet was going to use this as a uh, a means of waging war on just Hollywood in general. And to highlight some of those moments, um, our pro... Well, we, God, Rob, how many protagonists do we have in this movie? What, like five or six protagonists? Yes, yeah. The characters just are, are so bland, but so there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like even the There's action so... scenes, like the action scenes, are like close-ups of people's faces, and I'm like, "What? Who yeah. cares? Show me a show me a fire truck flipping over." <laughs> Unfortunately, they blew that wide. Uh, what three Terminator threes ago? <laughs> um, uh, but no. But like one of the things that first kind of I kind of like hit me in the face when it comes to this movie, like in like an insulting way, was our protagonist, our enhanced cybernetic human character named grace yes and the second folks oh God, i hate that we live in a society where i have to um put like 45 disclaimers on type on top of this and, um, and rob knows where i'm getting at with this but i'm gonna show us to zanger for the first time zanger's never seen this before so we're gonna get his like genuine reaction yes we are um, discussing i believe a, a likeness in physical appearance that's it Yes, in, phys in, phys in both, in, yeah, not, not the seriousness of what actually happened. Um, this, I wasn't the first, for the record, I wasn't the first one to point this out. This was circulating online months ago, once, like, the trailers for Terminator Dark Fate were starting to hit. But the character of Grace, played by Mackenzie Davis, and I think she does, again, I don't blame the, I, most times when I talk about bad movies, I don't blame the actors, the actors aren't to blame. If anything, it's the director, the script, or just the overall story. But Mackenzie Davis's character, Grace, looks almost identical to Dylan Roof, which caused me to, when I was describing the, the plot of the movie to Rob before he had seen it, I described Grace's character, I did, or I didn't even say the name Grace, I just referred to her character as Dylan Roof Terminator. And again, folks, I'm not saying that lightly. I am not trying to diminish the crimes of Dylan Roof in real life, because if you look, and I'm going to include it in the show notes for this episode, if you do a side-by-side -side of Mackenzie Davis's character of Grace with Dylan Roof after he was arrested for the horrendous acts and atrocities he committed, they look almost identical. And I am now going to show Zenger these, and I'm going to ask him to see if, if he agrees with me in that there's any physical resemblance between these two. 
Oh, no. I, I, as soon as you said to Ruth, I looked it up. I'm like, oh, my God. And then, you, yeah, yeah. Am I, am I, am I wrong, oh Zanger? God. <laughs> am I wrong, Zanger? Am I, am but, I stretching things? I mean, okay, no offense. If you have a bowl cut in this day and age, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. It's it. Just sorry for the bowl cut. I I agree, but but even seeing it I'm again, sorry. Zach, I'm, I'm sorry for the um for the barber that was put through that. I'm sorry for the bowl that had to be put on your head to do that cut. And I had a bowl cut back in the day, so I can say this with um. I want the okay, audience to know Zach, Zach is furiously flipping back and forth. Between, if you have a mouse, Zach, you can scroll on the tabs, and it'll just like loop through them. I don't know if you have nah. a mouse or a trackpad. No, it's not let me do that. Oh, okay. This is like, remember that old game show? No whammies, no whammies, no Dylan Roof, no Dylan Roof. Stop. Oh. Yeah, but folks, like, it's there, right? Right, Sanger? You agree. This is, like, this is shocking, even down to the outfits they're wearing. Well, the first image I saw was the one of him in custody. Where his hair's a little bit more greasy looking. So. Zanger, you're telling me her hair's not greasy in this image? Oh, no, no, no. I'm saying it was even more shocking. <laughs> because I because I saw the one of him with his hair a little bit more greasy looking. So it was a little bit more of a. But yes, you. But you have to admit, though, this is a bizarre. And it's not like this is one of those things that like happened. Like the Dylan Roof thing happened like a week before like the movie came out. This isn't one of those like coincidental things. Like the Dylan Roof thing was years ago, like before this film was in production. So someone must have looked at this. Oh, God. The costume designer must have sat there, saw this one night and then like passed out. And just like, you know what? I got it, Tim Miller. I've got the look of our hero. And nobody on set said, hmm, where have I seen this before? I mean, she definitely does not look like that. Anything else I'm seeing or looking at her in. Zeng, you haven't seen the movie, though. I, I Rob, I you've seen the movie. Plot synopsis, yeah, no, I no. In in the movie, I agree with you, Zach. But I agree with Zenger as well. Like uh, uh, Mackenzie Davis, if I'm getting the name correct, she she does not look like this in anything else she's ever been in. Oh, oh, oh! It's, okay, in other projects. Yeah. She's yeah. a yeah. she's a babe in some of those other movies. Is that not allowed on this podcast? Uh, I'm pretty sure. You know, folks, if we're not already canceled for saying Dylan Roof Terminator, um, I don't think anything will kill us at this point. What's the old adage? What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. She's not She's not doing anything for anybody as Dylan Roof Terminator, but all those other stuff, she's, she's got it going on. You know? <laughs> oh, my God. That might be that. Okay, you know what, folks? He might have actually <laughs> torpedoed the podcast. <laughs> you know what, folks? That might have had to be bleeped out. That might have had to be bleeped out. Somehow he made... I thought we couldn't make it any worse than Dylan Roof Terminator, but... Somehow we got there. We we demeaned women while saying the phrase Dylan Roof Terminator. <laughs> We're going to find ways to bleep for Zach to bleep things out without cursing. That's, that's yes. my goal. <laughs> but no, that was kind of the first thing where I'm like, oh, one specific of component of the online community is going to see this and freak out. And it didn't happen. And then the next thing, and I don't want to get political, but it's I'm just pointing it out, is that there's a sequence in this film where all of our protagonists are in a, uh, how would you describe it, Rob, in a, like, Immigrations and Customs Enforcement Detention Center? Oh, yeah, they're uh, in cages, yep. They're in cages. And at one point, in order to, because Sarah Connors there along with Mackenzie Davis and our 
uh, female John Connor. And they're all trying to escape. In order to create a diversion, they let all the migrants detained out of the cages while the bad Terminator is coming after them. Mm -hmm. And the bad Terminator is having to, like, push his way through the crowd but doesn't hurt a single person. Yep, and he, but, he like what he can't scan faces fast enough, so it's it's actually slowing him down. And yes. and that stood out to me as well. It's like he kills no humans in that no. scene, and no. it's very it's noticeably strange. But then when all at one point after like all the migrants have cleared out, oh, a yeah. bunch of detention like center guards like come after him, and he just goes like. Jason Voorhees, like imagine Darth Vader at the end of Rogue One. Imagine mm -hmm. that, but much gorier. And he just like eviscerates all these detention center guards. And I'm watching this, and then I'm thinking, oh God, the opposite side of the internet that would have a problem with Dylan Roof Terminator is going to freak out over the idea of having a Terminator film where essentially people doing uh, men in uniform or men and women in uniform doing their job are being murdered and it's being done in the sense of immigration policy politics and then the movie comes out and nobody said anything <laughs> and i'm like wait i think you're I missing a very important point here zach what you're assuming people are going to see this movie well <laughs> Well, Xander, it doesn't. I don't. Yes, you're right. Like based on the numbers, nobody saw this movie. And folks, I will tie this back to Star Wars. This isn't just simply a Terminator episode on a Star Wars podcast for no other reason than just Rob and I want to talk about Doctor Sleep instead. It's the idea that you have two like made-to-order controversies that both sides of the political spectrum could have their pitchforks and flaming torches on yeah. instant. And yet nobody did anything. Again, made to order. You got Dylan Roof Terminator and ICE agents being murdered by a Terminator while the migrants are allowed to go free. And it's like nobody complained. I, I even some of like I, I think I've mentioned before. There's some like Facebook groups that I'm part of, like when it comes to entertainment, that are very clearly like not my Star Wars and let's burn Brie Larson at the stake for Captain Marvel, and. They've been eerily quiet this weekend. Mm. This was actually something that I was kind of saving for you, Zach, um, for this discussion, because I agree with you. I've I've seen more hate for the HBO Watchmen than I have for this movie, and that's strange to me. Exactly, and that's that's the point I'm trying to get at here, folks, because this, ha this news when it comes to Star Wars. This news broke last week that Benioff and Wise have left Star Wars – Insert everybody's speculation here as to why they left Star Wars. And I must have seen from the Midnight's Edge channel, Grace Randolph, they had at least two to three videos in the last week about how why Kathleen Kennedy should be put on a rocket and launched into the, the vacuum of space because she's the worst thing to ever happen in the history of mankind. And I'm like, you have two made-to-order controversies in a Terminator film. That cost almost $200 million to make, yet we're attacking Kathleen Kennedy for literally the exact same thing we've been attacking her for for the last two years. And I'm like, what is going on here? And then I kind of came to this realization in that, and this is separate from The Last Jedi Epiphany, in that I'm starting to think, and this might not be news to a lot of you, 
But there is a concerted effort against Star Wars. It's not just simply the culture war bleeding into Star Wars. I I I I believe that. I I feel like you know Star Wars. Maybe this is what you're getting at, but Star Wars is such a big cultural phenomenon that there there has to be the dissenters from it, right? The people who are just against it for the sake of being against something that big. I yes, I I don't know the exact reason why. Sure. <clears throat> Rob kind of gave it more of a specific reason, even I've even thought because. The same people that are trying to actively dismantle and destroy Star Wars, they tried back in March with Brie Larson and Captain Marvel, and it failed. It failed miserably, just looking mm-hmm. at the box office totals of Captain Marvel. Yet, they seem to, and it's, and it's weird, because like in the last, like, I think it was in the last 24, 48 hours of recording this, Midnight's Edge put out a video called, um, The Media is Actively Turning Against Star Wars. And I think I've mentioned it a few times on the podcast recently that the media doesn't defend Star Wars the way it defends everything else that at least Disney does. Or they they do Disney. Like I think I've mentioned a couple of times here that when Kelly Marie Tram was being attacked on social media, it's amazing how everybody was – again, don't get me wrong. There were specific outlets that were defending her. I'm not saying everybody was quiet. By no means am I saying that. But it was kind of like, oh, well – that's Star Wars fans for you. But then, like, one person <laughs> created a Facebook group saying, let's boycott Black Panther. And Facebook deleted the group and, like, permaban the guy who created that group within about 15 minutes of that happening. You like, know what? Pretty- that, that makes me think even more of, in, at least in relation to the leads of this movie, the hate that the Ghostbusters reboot got. This is an all-female kind of head, and the, and the hot buff guy is the comic relief. Like, where, why aren't we hearing some hate for that reason? Well, yeah, that that's another reason why it makes it, it's a very similar phenomenon. Don't get me wrong, folks. Like I, I did see a couple of headlines like "Go woke, go broke" in regards to Terminator: Dark Fate, and I get it. The Terminator franchise is kind of uh, on its last leg compared to Star Wars. Like, I don't think it's a fair yep. apples to apples comparison. But considering it that these people who just cannot stop getting off dragging Star Wars and Kathleen Kennedy over the coals. You had a made-to-order controversy because even in the build-up to Terminator Dark Fate, Tim Miller had some sort of article that I think he did with Variety or The Hollywood Reporter where he said uh, the misogynists are going to flip or going to SHIT a brick when they see Mackenzie Davis in this film. And there was a lot – I'm not joking. That was like – that was a headline from like a Variety article. And they were deliberately trying to stoke the fire and ire of these people who are the keyboard culture war warriors. Mm-hmm. Yet this, these same people did not take the bait. And the weird thing is that these people, all they do is take the bait. They don't know anything else, but taking the bait. Again, Kathleen Kennedy sits there, folds her socks wrong and they're sitting there calling for her removal. And so it makes me wonder, is there an active campaign? It's maybe it's not the culture war. Like today's days, in today's day and age, we look at everything as it being hyper-partisan, and the politics is bled into everything, especially in the age of Donald Trump. Yeah, I'm wondering, is this a concerted effort on a group of people trying to just single-handedly target and destroy Star Wars? I, I don't know. That's, that's, a, that's a tough one, because, you know, I feel like 
I, I don't know. There's people out there who they're going to jump on the bandwagon of hate, maybe not the bandwagon, you know, if it's not the majority or whatever, but you're going to get this kind of, you know, growing hatred for certain things that get this big, but can they be that organized? I guess that's my question. Well, I think they can because look what they've done with Star Wars. Because even even at this point, when it comes to the mainstream outlets, the, the mainstream outlets like this is where I can't I can't uh, blame my favorite punching bag, Midnight's Edge, because it's true the media is the media isn't defending Star Wars the way it, it used to. Like like it's it's interesting that like after the last Jedi, um, after the Rise of Skywalker uh, trailer debut with the tickets coming online, the only major headline was uh, it, it outsold everything on Adam tickets. And I kept wondering, it's like Adam tickets, who the hell uses Adam tickets? <laughs> Nobody uses Adam tickets. That's kind of like, like a second or third tier, uh, online ticket seller when it comes to movie stuff. And yet there was no stories about the rise of Skywalker breaking records for most trailer views in 24 hours. There was none of that. The media was, and I mean like the official media, like the trades, um, the usual friendly outlets, or, uh, well, I mean, the non-not my Star Wars outlets were unusually quiet for the last couple of weeks, and I just wonder if, because even the um, I saw okay, um, some box office stuff for you folks in the last couple of weeks, long-range box office tracking for Rise of Skywalker's opening weekend started to appear, and as of now, it's estimated an opening weekend between 185 million and 225 million. And every single headline I read regarding that, and this wasn't not my Star Wars outlets. This was your official outlets. And again, the fan-friendly outlets saying, Rise of Skywalker tracking for the lowest opening of the Disney era, or of, of the sequel trilogy. And I go, A, 185 to 225 million as of now, a month, uh, at, the, at the time, two months before release? That's fantastic. Like, if you know anything about box office stuff, which Variety, Deadline, The Hollywood Reporter do, when you have a film come on the tracking boards that high, it only can go up from there. It never goes down from there. That is usually how it works. Like, if you, like, if you go back to your um, long-range tracking for Avengers Endgame in February of this year, it was, that movie was at, like, $220 million opening weekend. And it's it only goes up from there. It doesn't go down, especially with movies of this scale. Yeah, if you have like some weird independent film, which doesn't get tracking that far in advance. But when it comes to something this seismic as Star Wars, it only goes up. Yet the headline was uh, definitively pessimistic in its outlook. And I'm like, why? Singer, do you have any thoughts on this or... I've been thinking about what you said, and I think you did hit the nail on the head a few minutes ago with the um, Terminator kind of, I mean, my buddy Rob, if he was on here, would probably be saying something, because he tried to explain Terminator, like what was going on in the mispronounced Genesis, uh, I mean, misspelled Genesis um, movie that like, and I just was like, I dude i i can't follow it and i also don't care too like that that's that's the thing like terminator for me is the first two movies and i guess i should have rewatched the third one but i i i think you're right i think this is hitting up like that's why not a lot of it seems like not wow they used her on the cover of the poster too 
with that haircut. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's an interesting point, Zanger, because you know that's something I I didn't really think about where. You know, because Zach and I, the same age, you know, we were kids and growing up when the prequels were coming out. But yeah. now in this day and age, you have all these people who are like, you know, the as as you always say on this podcast, the not my Star Wars, just like you just said. There are people who say, I don't care how many movies there are. Terminator one and two is the Terminator series. And you have and, all the same people saying, like, I don't care how many Star Wars movies there are. I hate the new ones. It's always going to be those first three. That's in, in it's well, like that's the, it's taken that's Star the, Wars 30 years what it took Terminator, you know, 20 years to do. Or I, maybe I have my years wrong, but, you know, Terminator seemed to speed that up. And Star Wars is still trying to, you know, peter out or something. Well, see, here's the other thing. I mean, do I care about the sequels? I mean, they're they're good. They're fun. They're not. They. God dang, I almost said it. Um, they're not the Star Wars I grew up on. Do, is this the Star Wars I envision? No. Am I upset about it? No, not really. I just kind of am going with the flow because nothing in these movies ruins the original trilogy for me. And that's the other thing. A lot of people who have that same mindset and are just kind of like, whatever, aren't online voicing it because you're not going to hear anyone complaining about something or saying something about something. They're just kind of like, whatever about mm -hmm. you're only going to hear the like extreme dissenters of it. And I think that's the problem is a lot of people are in that category of like, um, around my, to your guys's age group, because I am a tiny bit older than you guys, but I think it's in that age group of people who are active online and, the internet has given a place for people to voice their opinions and have other people come to that rally call. And that's, I think, where you're getting a lot of the momentum for this Star Wars hate from is if if it was, you know, because I'm I I mean, the internet existed during the prequels, mm -hmm. but it very really wasn't as big of a thing. It was just kind of everyone was just kind of going with the flow of it. I think because it really wasn't messing with these characters we grew up on. Minus Vader and Kenobi, but I mean, it's kind of Kenobi was good in those, and Vader was well. He didn't like sand, <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's the Star Wars is is like I swear there's going to be a cultural study in like about another ten years on like the um like Star Wars fandom and what happened with it. Yeah, I mean, there, yeah. there, there's one going on now, but I think a more in depth, like once the dust is settled. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the thing is we're we're getting to a point where like Star Wars might become irrelevant for a while again, as Zach horrifyingly knows as he's trying to figure out what to do for the next few years on this podcast, aside from bring Zinger on to talk about two movies he hasn't seen. <laughs> <laughs> See, folks, you better hope we get more Star Wars movies. By the way, conversations like this. I keep reading over the synopsis for this movie, and I just keep getting more and more confused. I, I don't get the logic of any part of this movie whatsoever. Why does the ter why does the Terminator and Sarah Connor become friends? Why 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 does why is his 
They scream at each other the whole movie. Why is his automatic programming after completing his mission to go get married to somebody and just be a person? And Zanger, Zanger, killing people randomly. Zanger, guys, okay, we have to get to that in a moment. We'll get to the parts of this movie that made me angry. We'll, we'll, Rob knows. I'm I'm angry after just reading a synopsis. No, 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 because Rob almost gave this away in the Doctor Sleep episode and had to stop him. Rob has this really nasty habit on cinematis of giving the greatest moments in these movies away, like all willy nilly. Because nothing is special, Zach. Everything is (laughs) terrible. (laughs) <laughs> okay, okay, but getting, getting back to Terminator Dark Fate in regards to, like, The Last Jedi and respective fan communities responding to things, there's more in Terminator Dark Fate because um, I know everybody's rallying, or one of the many rallying cries of The Last Jedi and how it's the worst film ever is that, can you believe Luke milks the tea of a giant, like, water, like, water manatee? That ruined Star Wars for me forever! <laughs> And I'm like, no, he lives on a secluded island and he needs nourishment. Like, how do you, what do you think Luke was doing on freaking Tatooine? He wasn't doing it with a, with a giant water manatee. He was doing it with moisture evaporators and Lord knows what else on Tatooine. Lord knows what sort of things come out of those Jawas. But <laughs> it, <laughs> exactly. And it's the idea that like, I don't see how that's a big deal. Like, I know people point to that scene as if it's offensive, but this is the scene, again, going back to Terminator Dark Fate and another reason why, Take a, this is separate now from, like, socio-political things, this is reverence for the previous films in the series, because on two separate occasions... In Terminator Dark Fate, because I think, uh, if you don't know, this is the first Terminator film Linda Hamilton's been back for since Terminator 2 Judgment Day, for those who don't know. And uh, there's, a couple, when, there's a couple scenes in this movie where Mackenzie Davis's Grace talks to Linda Hamilton's Sarah Connor, and there is such thick, thick contempt for the Sarah Connor character that I don't even think I can do it justice so I'll insert the clips when I get to them. But well, the first time where Sarah Connor and Grace meet, Grace literally like does a what? Put does oh god, Rob, how would you describe it? You've seen this more recently than I have. She what manhandles Sarah Connor and goes like, "I can blow your brains out right now if I want to." And I'm like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, yeah. "Why Sarah would you?" Connor, say- I think Sarah Connor says something like, "You know." Because Sarah Connor shows up to kill Terminators, she thinks Grace is a Terminator, and Grace's response is, I'm not a Terminator, I'm an augmented human, and I could kill you in a second if you want to keep questioning me. She goes, and it's I like, can, that's I can not rip- how teammates work. Well, not even teammates. Like, I'm not even looking at this under the guise of like the film and the script. I'm looking at this as if like reverence for the franchise and for the past. And this is one of those moments that made me say, like, hashtag not my Terminator. Because she's, the line of dialogue is, if you don't stop questioning me, I'm gonna, I, I can rip your throat out in a second. Never seen one like you before. Almost human. I am human. Just enhanced. You know, increased speed and strength, throwing a microreactor. Which means I can rip your throat out if you piss me off, so don't. And I'm like, oh my god, like, folks, if you think Luke Skywalker milking the teat of a, like, manatee is 
disparaging to your childhood. Can you imagine seeing Sarah Connor being spoken to that way, that way by Dylan Roof Terminator? I'm like, oh my God, like I was offended. I'm like, why didn't anybody on set say, huh, maybe Mackenzie Davis's character should have a little bit of respect for Sarah Connor, especially that we live in the, the era of female empowerment, that maybe that's not how we should be mm-hmm. talking to other characters. And, and then it, also, especially because this scene happens after Sarah Connor saves Mackenzie Grace <laughs> and uh, the uh, Danny, the the main hero, female John Connor. Rob, we don't need to keep <laughs> saying throwing names out there that people aren't going to know what we're talking about. Joanna female Connor, John- <laughs> Joan Connor, Joan Connor. <laughs> but there's a scene even worse than this later in the film. There's another sequence in the film, and it's a rat. It's and it's the weird part of it is that they're on a train going somewhere. It doesn't matter. It makes and, no no. I think it matters because they are trying to illegally cross a border <laughs> as they are sitting on top of a train. You know, most people when they ride a train, you get in one of the cars. No, no, no. Every car is covered in illegal migrants because no one's going to detect you that way. Like, get the hell out of here. That was one of the stupidest things. I was like, this visual is neat for one second. And then you think about <laughs> it at all, and it's a waste of time. Yes. Yes, it is. But that part doesn't bother me because at that point, I kind of wrote the movie off. I'm like, okay. what? I, like, again, like Rob said, it's a neat visual. I'm not going to – again, it's a Terminator movie. I'm not going to chastise them on the real-world implications of what they're doing. <laughs> um, Are you going to – are you going to mention the womb line? Because that's this we'll scene, get, right? We'll get there, but that's not the point I'm getting at directly. Okay, okay. The scene, then this is the part where I think the movie's the most disrespectful to Sarah Connor, is that there's a moment where Sarah Connor is spouting expository dialogue, and Mackenzie Davis's Grace character turns around to Sarah Connor and goes, if you're so-and-so, then why do I want to beat the crap out of you? And I'm like, oh my god! I'm like, again, everybody gets mad at Luke Skywalker not showing up in person at the end of The Last Jedi. But can you imagine if there was a sequence in The Last Jedi where Rey turns around to Luke? Like, let's take the scene in The Last Jedi when Luke is explaining the history of the Jedi Order to Rey. Can you imagine that in the middle of that sequence, Rey turns around to him and says, If you're so-and-so, then why do I want to beat the crap out of you? Fine. Let someone else be Mother Mary for a while. If you're Mother Mary, why do I so want to beat the shit out of you? Can you imagine the amount of we to this day we'd be getting a new YouTube video every 15 seconds if that actually happened in the film? If oh, only. Yeah. If only. And that's the thing, again, going back to my original kind of thesis of all this. Why isn't the same group that claims, again, remember folks, every single movie made before 1991 is considered a sacred film. And if you ever make a sequel or even any, if Hollywood ever touches it, they are raping your childhood. If Hollywood even utters the name of a movie made during the 90s or 80s or prior to that, you are raping someone's childhood. Yet in Terminator Dark Fate, on two separate occasions, we have the new character utterly disrespect the character of the past. And the same group that seems to always hold all pop, again, these people hold pop culture above their head, saying, protect the pop culture. Yet 
utterly quiet. And these are the same people that I did. Again, some of these Facebook groups I'm a part of are actually saying this is the best Terminator film since T2. And what? I want I want to know, Rob. Oh yeah. Oh god, yeah. It's it's a bit ba- Rob, we kind of talked about it a little bit in the Doctor Sleep episode. But the narrative that's going around is this is the best Terminator film since T2. And I don't know about you, Rob, but I can't think of a single moment in Terminator 3, 4, 5 where even Amelia Clark doesn't turn around or Jason Clark doesn't turn around to Amelia Clark and tell her shut the f up. Yeah, I mean, uh, as from as Zach and I have discussed over on Cinemodities, my issue with Terminator Genesis was the quippiness of it. Like, I felt all the characters were too silly with each other, and it didn't fit that tone. This, I feel, we don't get quippiness until Arnold shows up, which we'll have to discuss. But everything prior to it is almost aggressiveness and hostility and anxiousness. And it's like, I I should be feeling that from this movie during the action scenes, because that's what this is, an action movie. I shouldn't feel like everybody's still at each other's throats when they're relaxing in a hotel room. It's it's, it's not even whiplash. It's kind of like just, I'm not, uh, it's like car sickness almost. Like they're going at a speed that is not making me comfortable. Yeah, but the thing that bugs me though is that the same people who hate The Last Jedi, that if they had their druthers, would take every single copy of the film and burn it, they're the same ones right now saying that Terminator Dark Fate is the best sequel since Terminator 2. I, that I don't understand in the slightest. And this brings same. me... In, thank you, Zanger. I and haven't the, seen it too, so... I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, I, 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 folks, you know what, folks, I, I feel I'm sorry, Zenger, but I do want your feedback on some of this because you are the outside perspective. So oh, no, 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 I, I'm, I'm perfectly fine. I'm just point, I just want to make sure to repoint that out a few times. Okay. It's because a, it's a rehash. How can this be the best Terminator when they just redid things they've done before? Well, this is this is my question, though. And this is kind of like after the first thing I came up with about people having like, like, where are these people? And I have to wonder, and I, I kind of hinted upon this a little bit in the Cinemodis Doctor Sleep episode, was that there's we kind of live now in the era of narratives. Mm-hmm. We no longer live in the information age. We live in the age of narratives, where people just sink their teeth into whoever's the loudest opinion in their social circle. It doesn't matter if they agree with it on any level. They just sink their teeth into it kind of like a tick and, or a parasite and they just suck off of it. And that's what I'm wondering with all this Terminator Dark Fate and Star Wars thing. How many people out there are just again folks, I don't want this to sound condescending. and It's going to sound really condescending but just bear with me until I finish my thought. How many people out there are just mindless drones that just have no opinions on anything? They just, they don't think about anything. It's those type of people that like when you're driving on the highway at 65 miles per hour and they're tailgating you and you wait and it's like, why would you do this? Because if I have to put my brakes on for even a split second, you're going to plow right into me. Like no conscious person would would behave this way and i'm starting to think that most of the people who hate the last jedi don't hate the film or actually don't have any emotion toward it either way they saw a film that was a little too deep for them and they just latched on to the first opinion that came across maybe the first and loudest opinion that came across their way 
And I'm not. And oh, wait, 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 I got to put one disclaimer sure. to that, like I always do. And I think Zenger agrees with me here. We're not saying if you don't like the Last Jedi, you're a mindless drone. We're not saying that you're allowed to dislike the Last Jedi for any reason you want, as long as you've picked a reason because you've chosen it yourself. We're not saying that if you're mindless for liking the Last Jedi, you can dislike anything you want for any reason, as long as you you've decided it for yourself. Yeah, I do think for the mindless drones out there, because I've seen this like in the last couple of days with John Justice, uh, friend of the show, host of My Nerd World, author of Embark 2, Treasure in Darkness, pick it up on Amazon. He was getting into a, I don't want to say a spat, but there was somebody on Twitter, they were, dis- I don't want to call it discussing, debating, bickering about something. And the person, every time they responded to him, included three or four hashtags and mentioned Ethan Van Skyver and a couple of the other louder members of the fandom menace, or as I like to affectionately call them, the not my Star Wars component of the fandom. And I just wonder how much of this is just leeches or parasites just latching on to something and are just just want to be foot soldiers in a movement. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this goes with exactly hand in hand with what Zenger was saying earlier, where now in the, you know, the, the information slash narrative age, when everybody has a voice, three out of five people have podcasts, it seems, and everybody gets to spread their opinion. Those, there are so many people out there who just listen to others' reviews and ideas and kind of adopt them on their own. And I'm not saying that's inherently a bad thing. That's how information should work. You get new information and take it all in. But I, I think I'm with you, Zach, that there's some people who take it and almost mold their entire personality or maybe not personality, but uh, ideas around a film or a, a piece of constructed work that they can review. They take others' ideas and kind of mold their own around it. I, I feel like this is nothing new. This has been said before. The issue that I have is, you know, how do you how do you identify that? How do you call someone out on that? Because everybody thinks their thoughts are their own. Well, the way I okay, this is the way, and this is kind of the 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 dual edge side of the Last Jedi epiphany, is that I do think you can identify it because maybe not specifically like on an individual basis, but you had Terminator Dark Fate and Last Jedi, or what? Like Last Jedi is what the uh, the eighth film in the Skywalker saga. Dark Fate is the sixth film in the Terminator franchise, and let's just, for the sake of this uh, tidbit of discussion, ignore the fact that it's trying to be the third film in the franchise. It's not. They can try as hard as they want. They can't erase the fact that there's three other Terminator films that came before this. (laughs) Yet, this film has much more, has so many more rallying cries that these people seem to hate the last Jedi for yet those people that are constantly ringing the bell against star Wars to rally the troops were utterly quiet when it came to Terminator dark fate. And that's what I mean is that there are, I think there are, there are great as we know YouTube being the, uh, the largest concentration, but I do think there are people out there and I don't mean like, like in the sense of like just individuals, I do think there is an organized campaign, not just a group of, this disenchanted disheartened disgruntled star wars fans coming together i think this is a coordinated attack against star wars i i honestly i'm starting to think that now based on the fact that there's so many other franchises that have such more egregious contempt dr sleep being one of them and yet everybody's utterly quiet because the same people that attack 
the last Jedi for not having any reverence for what came before it should be have all hands on deck for Dark Fate, all hands for Doctor Sleep, and there's probably many more films right now I could probably list that I can't think of. Yet utterly quiet, yet they are con- they they their bombardment is very similar. It's kind of like the first order in the last Jedi. They are constantly lobbying shot after shot. And even though the little ship is constantly able to out is just able to just slightly outrun it, they're not going to stop until they utterly destroy it. And that's and I feel this is a genuinely coordinated attack. It's not just a bunch of random people coming together. I think there's a mastermind behind this, whether it be someone who just is a uh, Bond villain that's been this angry about Star Wars since the prequels, or it's some studio that's trying to undermine Disney, a competitor studio. That I think there is a genuine coordinated attack against Star Wars. Is that too conspiracy? Am I putting the Alex Jones hat on right now? Like, am I did the Alex Jones until, of the Star Wars fandom? Until you said the comp- competition from other studios, I was totally about to be like, Zach, this is. I think one of my socks is a demon, and you're a little out here for me right now. <laughs> but I, w- I would love to think I would love to hear Zenger's opinion on this because I'm I'm the one who doesn't I'm not as immersed as you guys are, so I I don't know. I just hear kind of you know all of this stuff from you guys and from just the other Star Wars media and and pop culture that comes my way. Maybe Zenger is more well versed in you know seeing this stuff. Is what do you think? Is what, that crazy? The conspiracy of it, the, this coordinated attack, as Zach calls it. I, it, I I agree with you. I was not on board. I was kind of like, uh, and then he said the the part about you know another studio, and I'm like, okay, yeah, because I felt like before that, I I I would have no clue, no good guesses as to who the people coordinating w- this would be. But if you give <laughs> it a studio, like it's Lucas. It's <laughs> okay. Now you now you blew everything wide open. That that's a possibility. <laughs> I'll show them for taking my series from me. They sold it to you. I want it back. <laughs> I want I want the four point whatever billion dollars as well as it back. <laughs> I'll show them how to make movies. No, so I mean, I guess it could be, but I, like I said, I think I'm the one who who has the least info about this stuff because I well, I hear the hate, I hear the love, but it's all kind of like I I'm able to, to just brush it off because. I'm not encountering it that frequently, unfortunately. Well, the thing about this, though, is that, like, you have to, like, again, I, folks, I know I'm putting my conspiratorial cap on, so forgive me. It's on tight. Oh, it is. But the thing, though, is that, like, look at all the other, like, look at this past summer at the block, uh, box office. Disney owned the summer. April, you have Avengers Endgame. $2.7 billion. Mm-hmm. May, Aladdin. One point something billion dollars. Toy Story 4, 1.1 billion dollars. July, The Lion King, like 1.5 billion dollars. And if you're another movie studio and you see a chink in the armor, aka Star Wars, why wouldn't you exploit that? That's, like Hollywood is a very yeah. incestuous town. Word gets around. Just because you have somebody working at Disney, word gets around with the exhibitors and stuff. Like if you have a chance to kind of weaken Disney, uh, let the Star Wars, oddly enough, might be their Achilles heel. Why wouldn't you take that opportunity? If you're Universal, or if you're Warner Brothers, or if you're Lionsgate, why wouldn't you fire a shot at them and see what you can do? 
Because I, yeah. they're just this is too concentrated, and these people attack Star Wars for a very specific thing, a lack of reverence for what came before it. Yet you have all these other franchises that are in the same, well, I don't want to say genre, but in the same subspace, nerdy geekdom culture, and it all gets ignored. Like Rob and I said during Doctor Sleep that, like, folks, if you love The Shining, if you, like, I would imagine a lot of people do, like, it's most people rank The Shining as one of their favorite Halloween horror films. Yep. If you love The Shining, oh, good Lord, you should want to sit there. We should be on Stephen King's porch right now in Maine. Saying enough, no, knock it off. You're not going to let you destroy what Stanley Kubrick made. And yet, based on again, go listen to the Cinematis episode. We we read a bunch of tweets from the night that the Fandango screenings let out, and all the the again the mindless drones. This is the greatest thing ever. It's the perfect follow up. And as Rob can tell you, it's the furthest thing from the perfect follow up to the 1980 Shining film. Homogenization. That's the keyword of that episode. And I think, okay, but let, let me give the, the flip side of this. If this isn't a coordinated attack against Star Wars, is this then the public, and by public I mean not my Star Wars, their attempt at homogenizing Star Wars to be like Marvel, to be like DC movies, so it's like everything else. Like, I haven't seen it, but I know Rob has. He saw the Joker movie, and I know everybody's being gaga over that. And as Rob has told me, is that it's literally everything we've seen before. There's nothing unique about the film. Yep. I, yeah, I did not like the Joker. Uh, I even have it on recording. One of the people I went to see it with leaning over me in the middle of the movie, like literally an hour and 15 minutes in, going, when is the movie going to start? <laughs> and then they proceeded to walk out with one of my other friends about 10 minutes later. So, yes, people people I didn't even go with walked out of the theater during Joker. But people loved it as well. But it's nothing new. It's, it's taking a decent story and bogging it down in established universes, superhero, not even superhero, super-powered nonsense, and, like we said, homogenization. That's an interesting idea you bring up, Zach, because Star Wars has always been something a little superhero-esque. The Force has always lent itself to a special ability, a power that these characters have. So it's an interesting idea when you say, how do we homogenize Star Wars? Maybe that's what they want, but maybe these people don't know how to get it, and the only way they can figure out how to do it so far is to complain about what they're getting. Because it's kind of like, you know... They know something's wrong, or they think something's wrong, but they don't have a solution for it. So the only recourse is to shoot down everything that comes as a solution. Yeah, that's that's kind of it. That's that's kind of the only thing. I, it's it's one of the other folks. These either way, these people are trying to destroy Star Wars. So uh, I, I just wanted to say something real quick about the Joker movie. I still haven't seen it. As a superhero fan, as a comic book fan. I, I know that this is something that I, I can't remember if we were recording yet or not, but the who asked for this movie? Like, sure. Sure. I, I mean, who, who asked for them to reset or try to redo? Like, why not start from scratch with Terminator? It's obvious it's not working. If, if you've had to reset it three times and you're still not getting it right. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's exactly how I felt because in the Joker movie we get yet another retelling of the Wayne fa Wayne parents dying. 
And it's like, come on, stop it. Please stop it. Everybody knows this story. Nobody wants this. Well, that's that, that's the thing. I don't want an origin. I, I've said before, if I got an origin story for origin story for Joker, I wanted to be something to where it was some weird mess with your head kind of movie mm-hmm. to where like he'd be sitting there and it'd be like, well, what part of the story is real? Like you meet um, his boss and his boss is this, you know, short redheaded guy. Then later in the movie, it's obvious that it's the same person, but it's a taller guy with darker hair. Like, it's just nothing in the story he's telling matches up. Like, his wife's pregnant, but then later his wife has a kid, has the kid already, but you never saw it. Like, it's just stuff about the story of his origin doesn't match up as, as like, you're watching it. But once again, that's too highbrow. That's too – like, that would be the movie I'd love to make or I'd love to see of the Joker. Something I, where yeah. nothing about the movie makes sense because it's being told – by a complete, or from the point of view of a complete sociopath lunatic, I I dig that because it, oh the, no, it, the, I I would have been impressed if they did that in oh, the sure. movie, but I I mean, no one's walked up to me and been like, "You called it." No, you, no, you, you called it. They don't it. do anything. They don't do anything that clever. They try to do some some twists, which are blindingly obvious. But what you described makes me think like, take the Joker. Just, I'm not saying Heath Ledger's Joker, but the concept from The Dark Knight, where every time Heath Ledger told the story about his scars, it was yeah, different. It was a different story. And expand that into something where it's not just him being menacing, it's him actually not understanding his own life. That would have well, been that's the thing. interesting. In the comics, they've, they've kind of alluded to, like, they've done different origins, and, and it's been done to where when he flashes back again, something's not right from the last time he was telling it. Mm-hmm. And stuff mm-hmm. like because they've never given a true one hundred percent. This is the Absolutely. origin. It's it's Zach, always been bits and pieces did, that don't match up. Or Zach Enzanger was was Joker the beginning of October? Is that when it uh-huh. came out? Yeah. Okay, Zach. I have an addendum to what I was saying earlier. It's been a bad month for movies. <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> oh yeah, you saw Terminator October thirty first. So yeah, that falls yeah, under yeah. that. Oh, good yeah. lord, Rob. Yeah. What a Halloween. Who would have thought the only movie I saw that was good wasn't a movie and it was a Kanye West film? <laughs> That's just a multiple range of stuff. <laughs> I went all out this month. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I really, I, I obviously, I, what, it's kind of like, does it matter? You have a very specific, you have a, a god, a section of the internet that's sole intent is to destroy Star Wars. Mm. And nobody outside of a handful of podcasts and a handful of websites are trying to push against, push back against it. Even like, look at Disney. Disney, like, like God, Bob Iger won't shut up. Like he's like, he's being interviewed still for his his memoirs that came out, God, like two months ago now. And like he's like he goes, well, we put a little too much Star Wars out there too fast, and that's been his line now for almost a year now. Is too much too soon. And then he follows it up with, well, I never said I was disappointed by any of the film's takes. It's like, Bob, who the hell are you kidding? Bob, uh, Solo made $400 million on a like $300 million production budget, not even counting marketing costs. It's like, come on, Solo was a bomb. We would have had a Boba Fett movie by now if it weren't for the fact that Solo bombed. And that's, that's the thing, though, is that like, nobody at Disney seems to care. And this goes into, again, further into the conspiracy folks are going further down the rabbit's hole, but there's an infamous conspiracy theory that back during the spring of 2012, that Bob Iger deliberately let Andrew Stanton 
the director of Finding Nemo, Finding Dory, and John Carter shoot himself in the foot with that film because he didn't want another entertainment property competing in-house with Star Wars. Because at that point, the Star Wars sale was just kind of getting started. Was it, the, the story is, Lucas first floated the idea of selling the company to Bob Iger during one of the official um, launches of Star Tours 2.0, The Adventure Continues. And that launched, I think, in September of 2011. So by the time that John Carter was kind of like going through its final stages of uh, post-production in like early 2012, a lot of the details of the Lucasfilm acquisition were being hammered out. And that's why Disney didn't market John Carter properly. Because a lot of people forget that John Carter, which is in its original title, John Carter of Mars, which they changed after Mars Needs Moms Bombed, was going to be Pixar's first live-action film. And then a lot of the footage, they started seeing a lot of the dailies at Disney, and they didn't want the film diminishing the Pixar brand, so they shifted it from a Pixar release to a just Walt Disney Pictures release. And that's always been kind of like a folk legend when it comes to Disney lore, in that did they deliberately sabotage their own product because they didn't want it competing with something else? And again, folks, I have no idea if that's true, just throwing it out there, but that story's been going on now for almost, God, eight years now. Oh, I, well, never heard it. I've never heard that either, and I mean, I've kind of seen John Carter in passing. It didn't seem terrible, but then again, I wasn't really paying attention to it. Yeah. That's the thing, folks. Like everybody has to realize too, is that like we all look at this stuff. Like we think of like, oh, it's a Disney film. They want their films to succeed, but there's also a lot of corporate politics too. Think about it. There's only even though Disney has all the money in the world, there's also the pot's only so big. Mm-hmm. Certain projects get developed, other ones don't. There's people in house that you don't know how loyal they are to the cause. Like look at J.J. Abrams, for example. And I know I like and J.J. Abrams is another punching bag of mine. But look at it this way, though, very similar to what happened to Benioff and Wise. J.J. signed his like what half a trillion dollar deal with Warner Brothers a few months ago. Disney and Warner Brothers are competitors. Yeah. So yes, J.J. has a commitment to the rise of Skywalker, but once he's done with this, he's working for the for the competitors across the street. Mm. So you're not going to see him defending this to any extent. As long as he finishes the film and it's uh, got a, a decent final product, he doesn't care. He already has his next gig lined up. Yeah. No one's going to judge J.J. Abrams' legacy based on the rise of Skywalker. No more than we already do. Well, that's what I mean. Exactly. And that's why I wonder. He's established. Yeah, you're right. He's got his next gig. He's established. He's living the dream. Exactly. He's now a mogul. He's like he's like what Jeffrey Katzenberg was when he left Disney and did uh, DreamWorks. He's a mogul now. He doesn't have to worry. There's no longer having to worry about, oh, God, if I if I screw up episode seven, what's going to happen to my career? He's now J.J. Abrams, entertainment media mogul. And it's like, oh. Okay, and like, and that's what makes you wonder. It's like, how much of this, like, like, kind of like all the leaks that are came coming out about the rise of Skywalker. It's like, why would these be coming out if JJ cared? Mm-hmm. If JJ cared, wouldn't he? And considering he's Mister Anal Retentive, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot more to this, and clearly, the fact that Disney does not circle the wagons when it comes to Star Wars is very telling beyond just the not my Star Wars. 
angle of all this. Yeah, yeah, make good points. Daniel, anything you want to add to that, or can I move on to some more Terminator Dark Fate stuff? You can move on to continuing to confuse me on the plot right. of this movie. <laughs> all right, so getting more to Terminator Dark Fate, um, there's a scene about what I'd say halfway through the film, Rob where our three protagonists, uh, Sarah Connor, Grace, and Joan Connor, go to... You know what? We'll make it even better. Much like Joan of Arc, we'll have Joan of Connor. That's what we're going to call Joan her. <laughs> Joan of Connor. Um, they go to a mysterious address in Texas, and when they're approaching this house, they see a van in the driveway that says Carl's Draperies. Carl's Draperies. And, and you go, oh no, they're not really going to do this, are they? And they ring the doorbell, and old man Terminator Arnold Schwarzenegger answers the door, and Sarah Connor starts like mouthing off to him because this is the same Terminator that shot John Connor. Mm-hmm. What the 30? only Arnold in this universe now, right? Yes, the only. Well, yes, technically not counting all the previous ones from one and two, but yeah. the only the only functioning T eight hundred. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the only one that is uh, is. is working i was about to yes. say living but working <laughs> yes so it's Sarah Connor, operating like, yes there you, there you go zenger with the technical lingo uh he answers the door sarah connor like flips her lid imagine a scene almost identical to the one in a uh, terminator 2 where she wants to destroy his like microprocessor chip and john has to convince her not to it's almost the exact same sequence mon- minus edward furlong and um we have this i mean he's there watching the movie in the audience <laughs> he might be right beside you now i don't know why you're listening to a podcast and a watching Star Wars this podcast. movie yes so i i guess we i guess we also should say zach that the, this is set up there they're going to find arnold i believe correct me if i'm wrong um but at least part of the movie we'll get to is that the reason Linda Hamilton, Sarah Connor finds um, the Dylan Roof Terminator and Joan of Connor is because every few years she will get a random text message with coordinates and then the words for John. And it turns out that Sarah Connor has become a Terminator hunter according to these text message locations. Correct? Yes. So, yeah, wait, that's, that's a thing that let, let Zenger ask his question. I want to hear Zenger's question to that. Wait, who's sending the text? Um, the movie thinks it's a big reveal that it's Arnold, but it's not. It's the most <laughs> blindingly obvious twist since last week in our book review when the character named Epin was a weapon. Because there's only five characters in this entire movie. So either so, the good so Terminator wait, or so the bad the, Terminator is sending the messages. And clearly so it's wait, the good the, Terminator. The, the good Terminator, the one that killed her son... Yeah, he he turned good because killing a human boy made him feel like he he he's a real boy now. This okay, is real so, boy. So that's, so that's answered the question of why the heck has he just been kind of sitting around having families and just being for the past. He years. didn't have he didn't have a family. I th- I don't know if Zach wants to get there. We'll get there. Okay. But there's no intimacy with that robot. Okay, this is what happens in the movie, folks. And this is when the movie. <laughs> This is when the movie broke my soul. Like, folks, I think, again, listen to the ten and a half hours of Cinematis conversation about Wait, Terminator. broke Zach's soul. Yes. Oh, this, bro- this, this, this is definitely, when, when Arnold shows up in this film, it's the worst thing to ever happen yes. to a Terminator movie, I think. Yes, it's the worst. Mo- and this is, again, forget about all the stuff I've said before about, like, why aren't people getting mad about this. This alone, we should all be on James Cameron's front lawn or submersible <laughs> with signs that say, you ruined my childhood. Grace? 
Joan of Connor are talking to Arnold. He's kind of like laying out like what he's been doing this entire time. Because Sarah Connor, like I said earlier, flips her lid. They tell her, go cool off, just walk away. And um, when we have some more expository dialogue, Sarah Connor comes like bursting into the house. And at this point, we know what's been going on with um, Arnold Schwarzenegger in the what? And because there's pictures of him with a wife and kid. And he's and it's like, whoa, what's going on? And Linda Hamilton, Sarah Connor walks in, looks at all the pictures. She's like, oh, so you got just okay. I got to do this right. I got to do a little bit of dramatic pause. <laughs> okay. We'll play the clip, folks, after I go through, because I have to do my rendition of this. She bursts into the house, and she's like, oh, real nice family you got here. Is this your Terminator family? And she, like, the camera, like, pans along all the photographs. Is she your Terminator wife? Then we cut to a picture of the child, and she goes and says possibly the greatest line in cinematic history. Is this your Terminator baby? Nice family. Is she a Terminator, too? That's your little Terminator kid? <laughs> I was mortified. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I am the person, as Russ made fun of me in the Facebook group, I want a Terminator endoskeleton that's on my desk to this day. My, one of my favorite, like, moments is a, like, God, one of the most formative moments of my entire childhood was getting this, getting to go on Terminator 2 3D Battle Across Time as I waited to see the 18s perform. One of like definitive formative moments of my life all comes down to: Is this your Terminator wife? Is this your Terminator baby? And at this moment, I said, "F this movie." Um, I want to, much like Luke in The Last Jedi, it's time for the Terminator franchise to end. I love this, this is, franchise. This was your moment? Yes, yes. Okay. Zach, this, no, Zach, Zach is right, Zanger, because I, I think when you watch this movie, I agreed with Zach completely in the moment that it comes off as as ridiculous and, and awkward and it doesn't fit the rest of the movie. But the thing that even hits me harder about that, Zach, is that this is, for all intents and purposes, in our timeline, Terminator 3. In Terminator 1, we watch Sarah Connor go from meek waitress who's getting downtrodden to someone who understands or starts to understand her place as the mother of the resistance. Terminator 2, she's a badass that knows she needs to change the future. She has a goal. Terminator 3 now, she's a petty child. It makes no sense. It's like she's, it's like this movie disregards her character development through what they say are the prequels to this movie. It, it's bonkers. Best Terminator film since Terminator 2. And, People, and we haven't even talked about the womb line yet, which reinforces my idea about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that, didn't, that was bad because I knew, like, like Rob said, this film has multiple twists that you can see from like a It has as much, un, oh, God, unshrouded twist as a pretzel does. Can, we, can, I, can I talk about the womb line? I really want to talk Rob. about that. Okay. Let you off the so, chain, Rob. Go nuts. While while our characters are literally among thousands wait, 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 of hold on a second. They're okay, never, he never answered the question about what was going on with the family. Oh, we should explain that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> what was going on? Remember, Rob, we've seen this movie. We have to explain why Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator has a family. Um, um go ahead, Rob. Uh, you explain. You're more concerned. Arnold, than I am anyway. Arnold Schwarzenegger as a Terminator when they encounter Sarah Connor, uh, Grace. And Joan of Connor, uh, and and Sarah Connor is able to cool down. 
Arnold has the line where he says to Sarah Connor, after I killed your son, I started to realize what I took from you. If you know me, me and my history on this podcast, I have a very big issue with artificial intelligence growing like that. But I don't want to harp on that because the movie doesn't understand it either. Uh, so Arnold basically says that after he was sent back in time by Cyberdyne, to kill John Connor and succeeded in his mission, he began to feel remorse, directly contradicting Michael Bean's line from the first Terminator movie in which he says verbatim, they don't feel remorse. Listen and understand that Terminator is out there. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse, or fear, and it absolutely will not stop, ever. Caring for this family gave you a purpose, because without purpose, you're nothing. Touching story, does it have a point? While raising Medeo, my son, I began to understand what I'd taken from you. Wait, you grew a conscience? The equivalent to one, yes. It's an in his uh, terrible time of killing this child, a robot decides to partner up with a woman and her child and basically start a family. And there's actually lines in this movie, Terminator Dark Fate, of Arnold saying, our relationship is not intimate. My wife loves me because I listen to her and I can change a diaper really well. She hasn't noticed that you weigh 400 pounds. <laughs> That you never sleep? Our relationship is not physical. She appreciated that they could change diapers efficiently and without any complaints. <laughs> I'm reliable, a very good listener, and I'm extremely funny. It's embarrassing. Did I leave anything out, Zach? <laughs> no, you, I, I forgot about the diaper line. So now the diaper I, line, there's literally a robot talking about the efficiency of his diaper changing at a certain moment. And I, I, I almost threw up all my popcorn because I ate a lot of popcorn before this movie started and I almost vomited it up. It was disgusting. Best Terminator <laughs> sequel since Terminator 2. <laughs> Remember, folks, so, yes, Zenger, people actually think that. Arnold Schwarzenegger as a Terminator is in a platonic human relationship in this film. And he also sells drapes. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, oh, that, oh how could I forget? He owns his own drape business. <laughs> Just what I thought a Terminator would do. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, now I'm just imagining Arnold Schwarzenegger recreating the scene from Twin Peaks with Nadine inventing the the uh the quiet drapes. Listen, Ed, no noise. <laughs> Any Twin Peaks fans out there, you definitely got chuckle out of that one. Damn it, Zach. Watch it again. Come on. <laughs> Rob, it's been like 10 years. <laughs> I know, that's why I'm saying watch it again. Okay. Now, did I answer your question, Zanger? Can I talk about yes. the womb? Yes. Can I talk about you, you wombs? Can. Okay. Talk about white men are about to talk about some wombs over here. Uh, <laughs> I feel uncomfortable. If there ever was, you know what, folks, we're going to retitle this episode Knights of Vader from the Last Jedi Epiphany to the to the Knights of Vader suicide note. Because <laughs> this episode's going to single-handedly kill the podcast. Signing off, Knights there. of Vader. <laughs> so in our scene that we've described where thousands of migrants are on the top of a train in full view of drones, aerial things, anything, it makes no sense. Our main characters are discussing, well, why is Grace here? 
we need our exposition dump of why are there two Terminators again, like every single movie. And Grace, Grace is a Terminator. Type. Yes, she's an augmented human, but this is, I think, one of the scenes where Sarah Connor starts to understand that more, or I should say, accept that more. And they get more into the scene of the discussion of uh, Joan of Connor saying, why me? Why are they coming after me? Why are they protecting me? And I, I know Zach will put the clip in here, but as I remember it, the scene goes, our, our, our main female protagonist, Danny, Joan of Connor, says, why me? Why are they following me? Why are they these machines trying to kill me? And before Grace can say anything, Sarah Connor cuts in and says, you're going to give birth to the leader of the resistance. You're not important. Your womb is important. Before we unpack what that means, Sarah Connor saying that line. Danny gives birth to the one man that can stop it. What? The future wants you dead for the same reason it wanted me dead. But I'm nothing. I'm, I'm nobody. You know, you're not the threat. I want it to be known that there is a hard cut after Sarah Connor says this to just Grace's face saying nothing. Like there's there's like a three to four second shot of just a cut to Grace saying nothing. At that moment, I almost screamed in the theater, well, clearly she's the resistance. She's not Sarah Connor. She's John Connor. And guess what the damn twist of the movie is? Exactly what I just described to you. Did you see that coming from 60 miles away? Yes. The Terminator, sorry, the augmented human is not protecting the mother of resistance in this movie. She's protecting the leader of the resistance in this movie. It is so painfully obvious once again, Zach. Did you catch that? Did you feel that way? Oh, well, well, yeah. Well, the weird part is like, it's interesting you bring up the fact that Grace doesn't make any face at that moment. And I'm like, oh, the fact that Grace, considering that with a hostile God mm-hmm. relationship between the two, I'm like, why isn't Grace correcting her exactly. in that moment? And at that moment, I go, oh, so she is gay. Because I figured, like, especially in the day of rah, 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 female empowerment, I figured there's no way, like, I'm like, oh, my God, they're actually going to say that out loud, that line. And then when Grace doesn't correct her, considering at this point, Grace has told Sarah Connor to, like, shut the F up, like, five times now. I'm like, oh, so they are going to do the the mother of the resistance thing again? And then we get to, like, the third act, and it's like, oh, no, no, she's the resistance. It's, like, it's, okay. it's, it's stupid. It's, it's painfully obvious. It's stupid. I hope uh, now two weeks in a row with Rob on Knights of Vader, you're understanding that I hate predictability <laughs> more than anything, and everything these days is predictable. Homogenization. But I want to focus more on the womb line, because Sarah Connor says to this woman, you're not important your womb is important. In this movie, did she completely forget about Kyle Reese? Yeah. It's not just her womb that's important. The whole act of her making love to Kyle Reese, falling love in love with Kyle Reese, their story, their running from the Terminator, their ability to burn the chips at the end of T2. That's not just your womb. What is this line? I feel like this line threw away... Every character development that Sarah Connor ever had in the first two movies, and it's just slapping us in the face with it. I don't understand it. That that is really that was my moment, Zach. The Arnold thing got me. I hated that more because Arnold is the comic relief of this movie. Sarah Connor basically saying, Everything I've ever done is useless. I'm just a woman. 
That makes no sense to me. Best sequel since Terminator 2. <laughs> and we're not kidding, folks. She says that. That line, I'm pretty sure I'm getting it right. Yeah, You're not important. Your womb is important. That, oh my God. So oh. I just want to say this, just so I'm clear. Nothing in this episode of you guys <laughs> discussing it, me looking up stuff or anything else has led me to go, huh, I want to watch a Terminator movie. <laughs> Who commented? Didn't someone comment on our Doctor Sleep link, Zach? They were like, "You saved me sixty bucks this month." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, we're we're trying to do a service to everybody. <laughs> we're suffering, so you don't have to, folks. Our suffering is legendary. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. I mean, I might watch. Like, I'd rather go watch Terminator Two than this thing. That go watch Terminator Three. Go watch the proper mm-hmm. Terminator Three. Go watch Rise of the Machines because there's actually mm-hmm. an argument to be made that's the best film in the series. Why? Because for some reason they made Terminators that age for no goddamn reason? No, that's three. No, three st- Oh, well. All of sure. them now have uh, the Terminator ages because you guys looks, didn't like he looks pretty. He looks pretty similar in Terminator 3 than he did in Terminator 2. He looks closest there than any of the other. Like, there's the, more, it's the there's best more choreographed sh- action, so take that. <laughs> it has the best ending. What the best, uh, best video Day game ending. happens? No, Terminator Three ending. Oh well, no, well yes, Day yes, yes, Rob, yes, Rob. It has okay. No, Rob's making a reference to the to the uh, God, not even the direct tie in video game, but like the yes. the, the redo title <laughs> video game. To answer Zenger's question, though, the the end of Terminator Three is Judgment Day happening in the background. There is something much more important happening in the foreground of that film that has emotional weight beyond anything in this terminator film in pretty much any of the films i would say yeah i i mean with uh uh michael bean dying in the first one and sarah connor realizing that that and the ending of t3 i would say hit the hardest for me that's exactly because i think like kyle reese is there to like he has a purpose to the plot but it's not really okay he obviously has a purpose to the plot but it's not really his his impact on it overall isn't really felt until the very end where we see her pregnant driving into the storm mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. it hits you then at that moment though but with terminator 3 the last five minutes of that film is genuinely harrowing like think about that you go from the very end battle sequence of uh him like what running under the door holding the door open as they kind of like crawl under it mm-hmm. and then blows up and then we get the, the, the realization of we can't stop this and it's it's in the process of happening, and it's just like, what was the point of all? What was the point of all three of these movies? It was never to stop Judgment Day. It was to just survive it, and maybe that's sometimes it's just the the best thing you can do is just survive it and then live to fight the war. Then again, the battle is just beginning. These computers are thirty years old. There's nothing here. This is a fallout shelter for VIPs. Only they never got the warning. God damn it. Nothing 
Why didn't he tell us? Why did he lead us down here? To live. That was his mission. There was never any stopping it. John, we could just let it go. By the time Skynet became self-aware, it had spread into millions of computer servers across the planet. Ordinary computers in office buildings, dorm rooms, everywhere. It was software, in cyberspace. There was no system core. It could not be shut down. The attack began at 6.18 p.m. Just as he said it would. Judgment Day. The day the human race was nearly destroyed by the weapons they built to protect themselves. I should have realized our destiny was never to stop Judgment Day. It was merely to survive it. Together. The Terminator knew he tried to tell us, but I didn't want to hear it. Maybe the future has been written. I don't know. All I know is what the Terminator taught me. Never stop fighting. And I never will. The battle has just begun. That's a great lesson to take from these movies. That some, and even I know everybody likes to say Terminator. Any movie after Terminator Two ruins the the whole point of the movie of the first two. No, Jimmy C has said in interviews that the whole point is that there's no fate but we make for ourselves. It's that it's that unless you're constantly vigilant, Judgment Day is always around the corner. Just because you throw two chips into the molten steel doesn't mean you've stopped the apocalypse from happening in every instance. I've never gotten yep. this, this thing where just because they did that one thing, that was the end of it all. 
And that's why Terminator 3 does work because it leads through, it's the perfect trilogy. It's almost like the Sam Raimi Spider Man movies. It wraps up every single loose plot thread and it ties them right back to the first film. And that's the one thing that four, five, and six never did or even attempted to. Mm -hmm. They're always, think about it. Everybody talks about how four, five, and six are all the start of their own trilogies. Three was never designed to be the start of anything. It was designed to be the ending of it all. Or or it was an ending by connecting to the beginning. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, Zenger, I I think Zach and I, and the audience as well, if you haven't seen Terminator 3 or you haven't seen in a long time, give it a rewatch. It's better than you remember. I guess we should say proper Terminator Rise of the Machines because at this yes, point there, is, there, the are, there there are three Terminator Three movies. <laughs> yes, yes, and and I think I'm I'm a testament to that because if uh, if Zach remembers when my context before I watched Terminator Three for the Cinemodity series, I saw it in theaters with my dad when I was younger, and I didn't like it. And on revisiting, I turned out it's one of the I best things I've ever seen. I haven't seen it in years, so I mean, I might I have to give this a try. Yep, and Zenger, after you see it, uh, come back and ask Zach and I about Mike Kripke's basement and who you made out with that night, okay? Why does that sound familiar for some reason? Yo, you remember Mike Kripke's basement? Did we make out, Zenger? Yes. Was that us? You're Mike Kripke, Kripke, uh, Rob? (laughs) I'm not Mike (laughs) Kripke, but we just made out in his basement. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yay. The Knights of Vader podcast is the equivalent of uh, breaking into a veterinarian clinic to steal uh, pain meds. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right there. Fina Bar- it was like it was like phenobarbital or something. It was insane. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we give dogs to chemically castrate them. <laughs> I guess I should point out too. There's also no stupid schmaltzy stuff with Arnold in Terminator Three. Yep. Like he's not the, like that's, a, that's, not a, that's an element two of Terminator three that goes completely kind of unnoticed in that in every film except for Terminator three and I guess Terminator one and I'm not going to count salvation because that's more just a cameo that one in three and I'm going to exclude one because he's the antagonist there. It's the only movie where he's not the father like paternal figure. Yeah, every yeah. other Terminator movie he is a paternal figure and in three he's not. One? Well, I said I said I was excluding that because he's he's the antagonist. He's the he's the antagonist of that film. He's the abusive father in that film. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh boy, folks, this is, the, this is it, folks. We survived the name change from Star Wars junk to Knights of Vader. We will not be able to survive this. Signing off. <laughs> We're signing off. I hope you all enjoy the Rise of Skywalker, the Mandalorian, Jedi Fallen Order. Um, it's been fun. The, the cinema. Oh God, Knights of Vader podcast is terminated. Execute, execute episode 66. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, God. Put the Knights of Air podcast out of its own misery. Oh, God. But I'm trying to think, Rob, because the only other thing, too, that I found, like, I, I have to do, I have to say that by, um, the other thing that bothered me about Arnold was the fact they also kind of emasculate him not, for the reasons you've already said, like the diaper changing lines, but also how we're introduced to him in this film. He's wearing cargo shorts. Yes, I, I, Zach, we, Zach and I have discussed this. I didn't have a biggest issue about so, with that. It, it drove weird. Nuts. It drove but, me nuts. But I hated it more the fact that like Arnold shows up, you know, maybe halfway to two thirds through the movie and he's in it for the rest of it. But he is solely the comic relief. And that really bothered me. Well, What's wrong like, with cargo shorts? I got I got nothing against cargo shorts oh personally, 
But Too Arnold bad. wearing cargo shorts is like like cargo shorts to Arnold is a speedo basically. It yeah. doesn't look good. Okay. <laughs> he's a, it's the he's the goddamn Terminator. He shouldn't like he wears pants. Like I don't like cargo shorts to begin with. Like car, if you have a pair of cargo shorts and you're a man, take them outside, go get some lighter fluid and light a match. And I've just saved you a bunch of like personal grief and agony over the next how many years of your life. I but, wear cargo pants. So um so I'm gonna point this out. Cargo pants. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I got cargo shorts, shorts and cargo. I got both, Zach. I the pants too. are fine. The pants are fine. The shorts, no. Get rid of them. I'm doing you a favor. No, I'm saving your I'm, life. I'm good. I'm good on that. I need that. You know, those pockets, they, they can hold a lot of stuff. Four pockets, it's all you need. Front and back, left, front and back, right. If you, if you can't fit them in those, you don't need them. I disagree. I, I tend to disagree. Zach's and never I been doing music. Every <laughs> pair of shorts I own that aren't like athletic shorts are cargo shorts. Oh but what God, other fuck. shorts do they make? I'm, I'm not wearing jean shorts. I'm not a. Psych- you can wear. You can wear regular shorts. They just can't have extra pockets. Four pockets. So what's the that's point? <laughs> Your dignity. That's the point. I'm good. <laughs> this week on Fashions of Vader. <laughs> <laughs> After the suicide notes, we rebrand ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> oh god um but no like after that the only other thing that really kind of at this point like the movie kind of like had, oh god my soul was torn in half so i was like whatever just, you can't hurt me anymore movie i'm already dead oh and, even after arnold shows up the action is just off the rails nonsense at that point well okay but prior to that though we have a scene of them like talking and he's like i had this client once who wanted what was it? Striped drapes with their kid's bedroom. But you have to realize that you can only use solid colors. And it's like, oh, no. It was terrible. Oh, n- yeah, oh, I, no. I, I actually forgot about that. But yeah, there's Arnold is, is very in, in a very I, intimidating like way that that describing was, drapes. That was being said during a shootout with no context whatsoever. <laughs> You know, it's Zenger. It's actually don't, worse. Don't correct me on that, Zenger. It's actually worse. It's actually worse. It's not during a shootout, but it's 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 a cut to like we'll see. I think we see the evil Terminator doing something. Lord knows why. It doesn't matter. And then the scene cuts back to our protagonists, all fifteen of them, and it comes out of nowhere. It's literally a non sequitur that begins a scene. And it's like, what the hell is this? It's the texture, the weight of the material. One room choice. Okay. It can destroy the look of the entire room. Fine. There was this one customer that came to me. He wanted a solid colored drapes in a little girl's room. I said, don't do it. Huh? You need butterflies, polka dots, balloons. I love Zenger's idea now. I think we should have had Arnold shoot somebody in the head and then shoot them in the groin and go, now the carpet matches the drapes. <laughs> <laughs> they missed a golden opportunity in this movie now that I think about it. All right, Jimmy C., where are you? We know you listen to at least one of these two podcasts that Rob and I are involved with. Jimmy C.'s daughter. Someone, someone find, okay, when we did the Elite Battle Angel episode, we, we heard that Jimmy C.'s daughter was like reading reviews on Twitter about that film. Someone needs to find her Twitter handle and tweet that to her and say, tell your father this. We have a great line for the DVD release. <laughs> I do have to say though that like I did like the ending of this. I like the ending of Arnold and them in the what was it the Hoover Dam? 
Oh, when they're when they're driving a Hummer out of a plane, you like that? No, no. Well, I kind at that point my brain kind of turned off. I was still kind of okay. yeah. I started I had a relapse thinking about cargo shorts and Terminator babies, and I'm like, I yeah. can't handle this. Yeah, Zenger, if if you didn't read this in your synopsis, they need to get an EMP on an airplane, but the EMP gets destroyed, so their next best option is to drive a Hummer off of an airplane <laughs> into the Hoover Dam, because that's the same thing as an EMP, right? No, at that point they haven't realized where they're going to get their next EMP from. Oh, okay, that was that. That was that's like the, that's they just later. Had to escape that's, that type of yeah, thing. Okay. They had to escape, yeah. That the the Hummer coming out of the uh, we get we get Dylan Roof Terminator hanging off of the Hummer as it's falling down from the sky on a parachute, and it's the stupidest thing. Because literally in the shot, gravity and wind resistance is affecting everything except her. She's just hanging there like it's a monkey bar. It's embarrassing. Rob, if that's your biggest complaint with this movie, you know what? Well, I, no, I, I, my, my biggest complaint with this movie is its existence. It's all embarrassing. <laughs> but I do like that ending, though. And I think I mentioned it in the Terminator 3 episode. That I love it in these movies when Arnold is like beat to hell. And he doesn't really do that in Terminator Genesis. But I loved how he looked at the end of this movie. Like his like, entire arm is exposed. And like half of his face is gone, his leg, well, not gone, but like it's like this, the flesh is melted off. Half of it, I'm like, I saw in the last couple of days, the same people that made my Terminator like, like bust made like, um, like, oh God, what's it called? Like a, a maquette figure. Like it's like a stylized post from him at the end of this movie. And I'm like, God, that's, that's really cool. I'm like, I love it. Like, like that's the part of my brain. They kind of like, don't be wrong, folks. This movie's horrible. It's an abomination. Um, it, it, it did bad. It, it touched me in my no, no spot in my childhood, but that is real. I love Arnold. Like, that's the problem though, is that like, that's the things like I love Arnold so much as this character that like, I'm willing to overlook the things that like broke my soul. Because it did get so like it, it, it hit the sweet spot a couple of times. Like watching Arnold grab like bad guy Terminator, put him into like a rotor in the Hoover Dam, and he's like, I can't hold him much longer. I'm like, oh, I love this so much. It mended my soul. It, it's kind of like a mirror. Once you break it, you can never repair the cracks, but it at least had a little scotch tape. That's I that's that's where I lose you, Zach, completely. <laughs> because while it's it was an interesting visual, and yes, Arnold. As we always say, Arnold will always be Arnold, have special place in our heart. You have to remember that, that scene ends with a close-up of Arnold's face saying, for John, causing once again the blindingly obvious realization <laughs> that the whole setup of Sarah Connor was him. It's like the movie can't just have a good moment. The movie can't just show us something. They always feel they need to tell us something, too, and it's frustrating. But that's I love but that that's, though. He's, but that's he's, modern cinema. That's the problem yeah, is homogenization. Is, exactly. Is you have to have that like blatant like smack you across the face with something. Can't Whereas like I feel in older movies, like there was subtle things. Like if you weren't paying attention, you missed something and they didn't sit there and hold it up in front of your face and go, look at it. Look right. at it. Yeah, you're exactly right. I feel like movies are I didn't even mention this in the Dr. Sleep episode. I was talking about homogenization of cinema. Now, you make a great point, Zenger. People used to have to pay attention to things to understand them. 
Now, every single TV show that exists, nothing happens for 55 minutes. It's the last five minutes where a bombshell goes off. So all the people who are looking at their phone the rest of the hour see something amazing happening and low strings come in and maybe there's a big you know, jump scare noise and they go, whoa, I got to watch it next week. And movies are just trying to get people, you know, every 10, 15 minutes, they need that thing going, whoa, did you realize this? And it's like, they spell everything out for you. So obviously, it's, it's painful to me. Swipe your credit card to help defeat Thanos. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> My credit card machine isn't working. Swipe it a few more times. Okay. Well, we need, we, I guess it should be Palpatine now, right? Swipe your credit card to help Ray beat Palpatine. <laughs> yeah. But but at least that's not as like just flagrant flagrant is <laughs> the Thanos thing in Infinity I got I, I think I got I think I got a good Knights of Vader joke. Unlimited cash flow. <laughs> 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 that's gonna be the Emperor's new the Senate's new catchphrase. But yeah, um, I like the ending of Terminator Dark Fate. I like I like the last like 10, 15. not not the epilogue where it's like uh, Joan of Connor. Oh yeah, um, no. um, and like looking Sarah at Connor. the baby Grace. Oh god, yeah, yeah. And then like they drive in the jeep like off into like mm -hmm. like the horizon. It's like no, no movie. I you was shocked in that scene that they both were not recording things on like. <laughs> A tape recorder like over talking each other <laughs> i was hoping the same little like uh spanish boy would come with a polaroid camera and be like <laughs> but like he's like much older now he's like 40 he's like a 55 year old man he's like my father will beat me if you don't give me four dollars you're a very you're very pretty uh, senoritas it's like come on like if you are going to do like it's kind of like my complaint like with watchmen it's like if you are going to do a one-to-one -one recreation of what came before, just go all out. Do like this, mm. re this ma remake the exact same movie. Like no pussyfoot around it. Just remake the exact. Do a one-to-one -one shot. No creative deviation from the source material. Just re like again, it's like a motion comic. Like just do that. Yeah. Just just animate what came before it, or in the guise of movies, just re-release the same movie. Just. Call it something different. Terminator Dark Fate, and you walk into the theater, and it's the exact same movie from 1984. 99% of the people, like Rob said, won't even notice because they're on their phones. So yep. what's the difference? Saves a lot of money. Just pour a couple million dollars in the marketing costs. I'm I'm with you there, Zach, but I have to say, you liking this ending, I feel like... I like this ending. I, I, I I'm a feel sucker. like I'm, a I'm, sucker, getting a, I admit it. I'm getting a sense, though, where it's like, uh, last week, if our audience recalls, we reviewed six books. I don't know if Zanger knew that. But the worst book in the series, I gave the highest rating because it was so bad I loved it. I feel like that's what you're doing here, Zach. Like, this movie broke your soul so hard that you had to form a Stockholm Syndrome for the last 15 minutes. Well, don't get me wrong. My expectations were so low at this point. Like there was nowhere to go but up. I'm not going to argue that. No, don't get me wrong. No, this is the worst thing ever. And think about it. Like, after every Terminator movie, I've wanted another one, even Genesis. And this is the one that made me say no more. Like, I'm done. Like, I'm getting it. It has to end. It's over. It is. Like, I keep seeing headlines today saying, like, this is going to be like a $120 million loss for Paramount. Um, there's never going well, to be another Terminator movie. After. This is the end of it all. But at least I got a not I don't want to say satisfying. I got an I, ending that made me happy in the Arnold sense of it. Can, can we isolate that that comment real quick? There's never going to be another Terminator movie. I just want to have it isolated for when there's another <laughs> one. 
I don't know, Zenger. I think I, there might be a TV. Okay, let me rephrase that. There might be a streaming service show at some point. I just um, I, don't understand. I just don't start it over. They tried doing that. It was called Genesis and Salvation. No, 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 no. Just start it over. Just, just from the beginning. Just remake I, it. I don't know. I feel just like with how everybody in the modern day. Everybody's attention span is getting shorter and everybody wants the same nonsense just jumbled together in new ways. I think we're going to start to get crossovers before we get reboots. <gasps> yes. No, yes. Zach, don't say that. Yes. No, not yes. Yes. Terminator versus Robocop, Terminator versus Alien, Terminator versus Star Wars. I honestly Ter believe we're we're I think oh we're going to see crossovers in my lifetime. And I don't think my lifetime is going to be very long. You know, that says a lot. <laughs> but but honestly, like that's that's where we're going. We're, we're People are getting sick and tired of reboots and soft reboots and sequel prequels, squeakles, whatever. Yeah, squeakles. Uh, we're going we to squeakles. start to get crossovers. You know, people are going to say we can't pump out another. That, that who's just uh, I, I there's probably an argument that could be made for that's why the Marvel Cinematic Universe did so well, because most of those movies were just crossovers at a certain point. Who's to say we're not going to get our, like Zach said, RoboCop and Terminator, and that revives the series. They did that in the comics, though. So it'd be an, and it a video be, game. Yes, it'd be an adaptation, not a uh, not a wholly original crossover. But I guess that makes it even all the more appealing. Yeah, yeah. it does. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I'm the person that pitched having Star Wars and the Alien franchise, and you have an alien face hugger on a Star Destroyer. God dang it! I want that. <laughs> I want that. Give me that movie, Disney. <laughs> Where do I sign over my paycheck? Where do I sign over my firstborn and mortgage payment? <sighs> I think it'd be it's fun. The, it's, it's the sign-in page for Disney Plus. I think you got to put that info in. Okay. <laughs> Imagine aliens, but instead of Sigourney Weaver, it's Darth Vader. How about that? We, we we go back and we reshoot movies and we digitally insert people into them. Like instead of Sigourney Weaver, it's Darth Vader. There we go. <laughs> Million dollar um, idea. I am done today. Make checks payable, Disney too. Knights of Vader podcast. <laughs> I don't like this either, Zinger. <laughs> Care of Zach Weber. I've unleashed a beast. <laughs> oh, like crossover move. Oh, yeah. I'll be another. I'll be a Knights. I'll be a Knights of Vader topic once uh, we're in the Star Wars drought. What what franchises can we cross over with Star Wars? Uh, Star Trek and Star Wars. So Vader can wear his I no, hate Kirk shirt. Disney. Well, yes, <laughs> yes, of course. Um, you're right there. I can't argue with that though. But that's Paramount. That's uh Paramount. Oh, so, or, or Viacom. Has to be, has to be Disney. Considering it, okay, fun fact: um, Paramount is distributing Dark Fate in the U.S., but guess who's distributing oh, Dark Fate uh, overseas? Fox, which is Mickey Mouse. There you go, folks. See another instance of Disney controls everything. Ta-da! <laughs> now that was a twist we all could see coming. <laughs> All right, are we ready to uh, wrap this episode up? Any well, other parting words of wisdom on Terminator Dark Fate or Doctor Sleep, Rob? Well, uh, not specifically on Terminator Dark Fate, but I believe there's a question we have to answer, Zach. Oh, yes, that we've been building up to since uh, the mm -hmm. beginning of September. All those Cinemodities listeners got to hear it for the whole month of September, and now if they make their way over here, they get the conclusion. <laughs> and after two and a half hours of listening to a Star Wars podcast. Yes, but I, I do believe I have to explain it to Zenger and our audience. Are we ready? Okay. Proceed, Rob. All right. So when Zach and I started our Terminator series over on Cinemodities in the episode where we covered the first Terminator, Zach pitched a question to me. And I believe he 
he found it from somewhere, a poll or, or Twitter. Zach will explain more of that. Microsoft but, Rewards poll. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> if I remember correctly, I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, I'm sure, but the question was, if you had to go through time to change things or fix things, would you rather go backwards in time or forwards in time to do so? Is that accurate, Zach? Now, the question was, would you rather be able to see the future or change the past? So oh, okay. same, I went, same, a little, I went a little overboard. <laughs> same principle, though. Would you rather see the future or change the past? Okay, so I've thought about this for uh, six Terminator movies now and Doctor Sleep. I, I think I'm going to have to say forward. I think I'd rather see the future than rather see the past. And I do have to say that in my thoughts on this, I was thinking about going forward in time rather than seeing the future. And this is the reason. I felt like if I went back in time, I would have a difficult time not drawing attention to myself with the knowledge that comes with being from the future. You know, it's kind of like when you're from the future and you go back to the past, you have to be careful. There's anachronisms and there's things that could go wrong that you could, you know, kind of skew the course of history with just because you know things literally no one else does. But if I go into the future, everybody's going to see me like I'm an idiot and it's easier to fly under the radar because I don't understand the the ideas and the world of the future. Now, when I was thinking of this, I did think of the movie Idiocracy, where basically my entire entire argument gets flipped. But I'm sticking with my answer. I'd rather go forward in time to change things or to understand how to fix things. What do you think, Zach? I, I can dig it. I want to hear what Zenger's thoughts are, though. Okay, so let, let me just make sure I'm getting all this right, just so I can make sure my answer is as accurate as possible. It is, I can go into the past, I can change something from the past, or I can see the future. See, si, senor. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I'm going to be boring and say neither, <laughs> because I feel like movies and everything in um, sci-fi has taught us that changing the past is basically like, oh, it causes a ripple effect. It's like throwing a boulder into a lake. You're going to cause that kind of ripple effect, and I will mess up something drastically, even if it's something as simple as um, as... Actually, no, I, I stand corrected. There, There is one thing, and it is on my mind right now, so I will say being able to go back in time to change something, um, being able to go back in time to where I can sleep in every day and get a full <laughs> night's sleep but never be late for work. Oh, God, what a dad answer. Oh, God. Um, and <laughs> and the reason answer. not to Jesus. see the future is because it's something to where, it, once again, media has shown me, that no matter what you do, you can't change. Because it inevitably you 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 would be like, I'm not gonna look at how I die. And you know what you do within five minutes? Figure out how you die and then proceed to waste the rest of your life trying to avoid that situation. So I might that's have an my addendum. boring I answer. Wanna, I would go back in time to the exact same time Zenger said when he's sleeping in, and I would wake him up early. Every time. <laughs> Zanger and Rob, time antagonists. God dang you! Zanger just wants a good sleep, and Rob just keeps setting his alarm. It's Groundhog Day, but every time Rob sets a different alarm clock. <laughs> this is a great sitcom. Rob and Zanger's sitcom right here. They both have the ability to travel through time, but they waste it on stupid. <laughs> 
Oh, God. All right. I'm going to pull a quote from uh, Homer Simpson um, from what was Treehouse of Horror number five. Don't panic. Remember the advice your father gave you on your wedding day. <laughs> if you ever travel back in time, don't step on anything because even the tiniest ch- time change can alter the future in ways you can't imagine. Okay. Don't panic. Remember the advice your father gave you on your wedding day. If you ever travel back in time, don't step on anything, because even the tiniest change can alter the future in ways you can't imagine. Right. As long as I stand perfectly still and don't touch anything, I won't destroy the future. Stupid bug! You go squish now! <laughs> Isn't that the plot of the movie Sound of Thunder? Sure. I think Sound of Thunder is like one of the lowest rated movies on Rotten Tomatoes and it's like someone steps on a butterfly and changes the No? Is that, no? Is that an Ashton Kutcher film? No, no that's, that's a butterfly, butterfly effect. effect. Don't ever watch the like um, extended edition I wasn't even going to watch the regular edition but thanks Yo, when he's Don't like, watch either When Ashton Kutcher's like quadriplegic in a bathtub full of ice that movie got weird <laughs> That movie got weird the entire It was like a train wreck Like I could not look away from that movie <laughs> I kept watching, so I'm like, I, I don't... This is just getting worse as it goes. Where will it end? Best Terminator sequel since Terminator 2 Judgment Day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, no, so, Zach, uh, with okay. this Microsoft poll, was there a winning answer? That was what I wanted to ask you. Did, did you have these results or anything I like not, that? I did not get the results, unfortunately. Okay, it was just I like th- the question was, was tweeted out? I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure the results, I think the winner, uh, the majority opinion, because it was one or the other, um, I think the winner was changed the past. Okay. okay. But to answer, to answer the question in the uh, snarky a-hole way that only I can, um, I don't, my, why I save this and how I was kind of been sitting on this now for like a year and a half waiting to give it to Rob, I don't see the difference between the two. Because if you can see the future, you are inherently changing the past at the same time. But think this is, I think this Ben is Affleck and assuming, Paycheck would disagree. This is also assuming that you're on a linear timeline to where nothing you do can change the. We're well, not doing Avengers Endgame BS roles where apparently you can do whatever you want in the past and it has no effect on the future whatsoever. That's not how time travel no, 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 because, works. No, because apparently all that is setting up for the next big villain that's coming. Exactly. Just keep swiping your credit card to help the Avengers stop Thanos. That's, Die hard. That, <laughs> <laughs> that just should have happened. Like, you know that sequence in the movie where uh, uh, Mark Ruffalo is talking to Tilda Swain? It should have been like, Mark Ruffalo, don't you realize the only way to stop this villain is to swipe your credit card here at the local concession stand? <laughs> I, I would like Go into your mommy's purse you. and take out the green paper and mail it to this address. <laughs> <laughs> Care of Mickey Mouse. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Did you guys see, I, I know South Park's been doing it recently. Um, there was an episode of South Park recently where uh, Randy goes to China to sell uh uh, marijuana and he's getting oh, on a plane because the big plot is like oh man i'm gonna sell some pot to the chinese and then he's about to board the plane he's telling everybody who boards like oh i have an idea to sit there do this and then like all of a sudden all these disney characters get on board the plane like it's like iron man thor elsa olaf uh, <laughs> stormtroopers and it's like hey who stole my idea and then something happens on the plane so the plane like has to land 
or they're somewhere. And <clears throat> I think they're all like in a Chinese detention facility. And Mickey Mouse comes in and it's like starts like yelling at all the characters, like, You're here to sit there and make money for me. And he starts like walking by and he sees Randy, he goes, Who the hell are you? Which one of you decided to go and start badmouthing the Chinese government? Huh? Who here thought they had permission to say anything critical of Chinese politics? Well, it is true, sir. The Chinese seem to exploit their own people with forced labor. Shut the f up, Thor! You're here to flex and not think, you fing bitch! Please, Mr. Marsh was only standing up for me and Piglet because we were political prisoners. You are a fat diabetic bear, and if the Chinese don't want you, then I don't either! Now, who the f is Mr. Marsh? Oh, uh, that's me, Randy Marsh. Who is this? I don't know you. Are you from Pixar? No, I'm from South Park. What's South Park? Do I own that? No, not yet, sir. <laughs> <laughs> that's the joke. It's like it's only a matter of time until Disney owns all of us. Like that's the future at the mm -hmm. end of the day. Forget Terminator or what's we didn't even talk about this too, Rob. It's not Skynet, it's Legion. And they're not Terminators, oh they're god. Nexus 9s. Oh my god. Yeah, Zanger, did you read that in your synopsis that Cyberdyne doesn't even exist trying. anymore? I was just trying to ignore it. <laughs> uh, at the end of the day, we're not going to have a Legion or Skynet. We're going to have the Walt Disney Company. And we I, all live like in detention centers <laughs> where they control us. That's what it is. I was about to say, Zach, I, I, like, I like that. that you, you might have beaten what I was about to say, but I'm still going to say it because I know you'll appreciate it. I'm hoping there's a deleted scene from Terminator 6 where uh, Cyberdyne picks up Legion and goes, Ooh, it's me! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's good. I'm pretty sure that's how they get started, Legion. They see the, the Terminator endoskeleton, and that's how, they, that's how it gets started. That was a bad month for movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, all right. So concludes this episode of the Knights of Vader, a Star Wars podcast. Check out our Facebook group. Type in Knights of Vader into Facebook, and chances are you'll find us there waiting for you. Find us on Instagram, at KOV Podcast. Shoot us an email, kovpodcast at gmail.com. E uh, if you like what you hear, please rate, review, subscribe to us, and send us a review. Please, we appreciate it. Thank you to Anne Superiority Complex for finding our theme song. Check out you're the welcome. show notes to hear more from them. Um, if you're interested in Knights of Vader t-shirts, check the link in the show notes or just go to knightsofvader.podbean.com, scroll down a little, and we are there waiting for you to buy a t-shirt. Thank you to the people who have already purchased a t-shirt. Thank you for supporting Zenger's bang habit. For questions, comments, concerns, or snide remarks, contact me, Zach, on Twitter, at Cinemodies. And you can also hear us on the Cinemodies podcast when we're not talking about bad movies. We are in the midst of... Well, no, Dr. Sleep. Didn't Dr. Sleep the last one to come out? But we are in... Well, I'm figuring that most people aren't going to listen to that, I figure. But we are in the midst okay. of what series on... Fan member slash fans giving, where Zach and I are yelling at you, the audience, for a change. Yes. Zenger, when you're not being forced to talk about movies you've not seen, where people find you? This podcast is dead. Move to the East. <laughs> <laughs> All nice. right. All right. Couldn't have said any better myself, Rob. When you are not talking about the best Terminator film since Terminator 2 Judgment Day, God. what are you up to? At least Amelia Clark wasn't in it. Let me tell you that. Um, you can always find me through an inferiority complex through the show notes or our Facebook page. There's a new video I have out. If you want to see me 
singing into a camera and make fun of me all you want. But I also want to say that it's been a week and no one's been making fun of my short story. Maybe I'm not only the Knight of Vader that can read, maybe I'm the only listener that can read as well. Take that as a challenge, folks. Uh, and lastly, of course, uh, the Immortal Lansberries. Another shout out to them. I am actually going to be in Pennsylvania uh, when this episode airs, working with them on some music. So, uh, you know, just check it out. If you like music, if you like yelling, if you like words, that's that's what I do on this podcast, apparently. No reading required. No, re Yeah, with the music, no reading required. All righty, folks. Good night, but not goodbye. And as always, is this your Terminator wife? Is this your Terminator One, baby? Two, three, <laughs> I'm I'm saying goodbye. I don't think uh, you won't hear from me for a while. Hopefully, good luck with episode nine, everybody. <laughs>